Welcome back to my podcast, 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. Ladies and gentlemen, the NFL draft happened last week up until Saturday from Thursday to Saturday. Great weekend for the NFL, great weekend for the draft, great weekend for 24 because the Dallas Cowboys won the NFL draft. More on that later on. Also, I saw some more episodes of Michael Jordan's Last Dance. I'll, I'll kind of get into some of that. I kind of forgot that I'd watched that last night. Going to get into that. Going to tell you who won the draft, who won, who lost the draft. By the way, spoilers, Cowboys won it. But I'm also going to tell you about, talk about, excuse me, some teams that I also liked uh, in the draft as well. Some other teams that I absolutely hated their draft picks. I don't know what some of these teams are doing. Um, if you're one of these teams that I don't like, you're probably going to have a hard time next year. You'll, some of these teams may make the playoffs, but you'll be want you you want to pull out your hat with some of these teams, ladies and gentlemen. All of that and much, 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 much more right here on 24's podcast. Sorry about that. I had to turn on my AC because it's freaking hot as balls in here in my room. So you will get a lot of fan in the next couple of minutes, but don't worry. It's like it's 8 o'clock right now. It was a good day today. It was hot and humid outside. I freaking, hold on, let me let me get comfortable here because we may be here for an hour. We may be here for two hours. I don't know, but um. I was freaking, um, I, you know, I was I was on Anchor, the site that I distribute, mass distribute my podcast, 24's podcast, literally available anywhere where you can find podcasts. I was, I was on that thing for like a couple of days. I was trying to upload rounds two and three, uh, four, five, six, seven, like it was, it was a nightmare. I literally waited hours upon hours upon hours trying to upload some of these doggone episodes. And um, I couldn't. I couldn't upload any of the episodes, which is why all of the episodes, they're a little bit out of order, but that's fine. Um, I tried to, like, freaking... I, I tried a whole lot of stuff. It was Safari. Safari doesn't allow me to upload any of my podcasts anymore. I updated my computer. God damn it, I hate my Apple iOS. That, that iOS spaghetti code is getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse every single time I update my computer, which is why I hate updating my computer because it always ruins everything that I'm working with. It's like now I got to run Audacity through a freaking terminal now like I have to do with OBS. It's like that's ridiculous. I shouldn't have to freaking like, like you, you should be you, Apple. Fix your freaking iOS. It sucks. Jesus Christ. 
Long story short, I got I got rounds two and three up. If you want to watch them, there you go. There you go. They're probably some of the uh, the better rounds in my opinion because to be honest with you, rounds four, five, six, and seven, I kind of just blazed through them because I was like, eh, they're important but not really. <clears throat> so where should I start? Where should I begin with? Oh yeah. The Last Dance. Let's start with that. Michael Jordan's final dance with the Chicago Bulls. Final year of Michael Jordan, Dennis Rodman, Phil Jackson, Scottie Pippen. Saw that last night. Don't worry, we'll get to the NFL draft. Saw that episode, the uh, the episodes three and four last night. Pretty pretty fun show. Continued to talk about the, uh, the somewhat dysfunction that the Chicago Bulls had to go through uh, to get to yet another championship. Uh, the second three-peat of the Chicago Bulls talked about it. Now, the key theme with the ownership of the Chicago Bulls and even somewhat of the style of play of basketball during that time was it was kind of a lawless type, uh, not type, but style of basketball where, yeah, the bad boy bit, Pistons, excuse me, come in and uh, and just pretty much play like a fucking hockey team in basketball. Like I saw one, I saw one clip of Michael Jordan getting put in a headlock, and I and I, like to hear about how the Chicago Bulls or not the Bulls but the Pistons felt about it, and they were like, "Well, you know, uh, you know, we played them tough, we played them physically," and it's like, "No, you guys were fucking them up. That's you guys were not beating them in the sport of basketball. You were beating them by fighting them, like that's and hurting them. That's how you beat them. That's how you beat everybody." And look how fast that, like, look how look how easy it was to counteract that. Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and everybody else started to lift weights and, uh, and, and practice in the summertime. And guess what? Like, they beat the shit out of you. They swept you. The reason why I'm so annoyed with the Detroit Pistons, it's like, they didn't beat Chicago on the court. They beat them, not physically, like, oh, we're going to play the team physically. They just fought them. Like, if the Bulls fought them and played them on their turf, they would have lost. But not even the Bulls, but the Detroit Lions. If uh, not the Detroit Lions, excuse me, the uh, the Detroit Pistons. If they had actually played basketball straight up, they would have got. They wouldn't have probably made the playoffs. If I'm honest with you, and to see like Isaiah Thomas and all these other guys just defend their actions, and it's like, dude, it's it's not indefensible. And then to see them walk off, like they're like like um, Isaiah Thomas was like, uh, you know, that's how that's how the Boston Celtics gave us the crown. Like, oh yeah, you know, uh, just walked off. Well, guess what? They were wrong too. The Bulls were like, bro, like we hate you guys. We fucking despise you. You beat up on us for like, uh, for like, uh, like five, six, seven games for like four or five, not four, yeah, like two, three years. You guys beat the shit out of us. You don't see us bitching. One guy called them straight up bitches. I'm like, I kind of got to agree with that. Like some of you guys acted like straight up bitches. Like, you guys got beaten. That You don't see Michael Jordan whining about it. He got back into the lab, that, that doggone summer, and he's like, I'm going to beat the shit out of the Detroit Lions or the Pistons, and he did. That's exactly what he did. Some of the guys in the league, you know, they were like, you know what, uh, basketball wasn't what it was back then. Back then, you know, you could put hands on people, and it's like, yeah, you could borderline fight people. But guess what? That's how players get hurt. That's how the malice in the palace starts. That's how freaking fights start to happen. That's how a lot of bad shit goes on in the league. Like on and off the court. That's ridiculous. 
You play basketball in between the baselines. I can't say, I, it's not like football where you say you, you play the sport in between the whites, but you know what I mean. You, you play it on the court. You settle your differences on the fucking court. You don't fucking beat people up because you can't beat them in an actual basketball game. Because it's like, then I'll just get a UFC fighter and, he, and pay him $20 million and I'll just have him foul out of the game every single game. Taking out stars. That's ridiculous. Start getting bounty hunters in the league. That's stupid. And ridiculous. It's like, play the sport straight up. Stop acting like a bunch of pussies. Oh, we're going to fight Michael Jordan. We're going to fight Michael Jordan. We're going to fight the, the Bulls. The 90s Bulls. We can't beat anybody straight up. The only way that we can beat them is by hitting them. Imagine if John Jones, right, went back to the 90s and started to fight all the Detroit Pistons. He would destroy them. Oh, my God. Just, like, pay him $30 million. Have him beat up on the Detroit Pistons. Just punch him in. Don't even have him rebound. Just have him come from the perimeter and freaking start throwing elbows. What a moronic statement to have. Like, we played more physical. You fucking fought dirty. I even heard Charles Barkley say this one time. On, uh, on on freaking TNT. And nobody was like, nobody's going to challenge him on that? Seriously? Like he said, um, you know, we, we uh, like if I couldn't beat you, I'm going to hurt you. Like I'm going to purposely hurt you. And I'm like, that's a really, really shitty thing to do. You can't go, you can't beat him, so you're just going to fucking cheat? It's like, okay, then then get an enforcer. Make this a hockey league. Have bloody fights on the floor. Have malice in the palace. You, you want to know the only difference between basketball and hockey? There's not a freaking spectators, or not a spectators, but spectators literally within arm re- arms, excuse me, reach of the players. That's a smart idea. I love it whenever old players, they're like, you know, our, our sport was, 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 way, was way more physical and more dumb and more lawless and not in a good way. And to be honest with you, it wasn't as basketball-centric. It was more about freaking getting into fights than actually playing the sport. Just going to put it out there. Just going to put it out there. Sick and tired of old people being like, oh, my sport was harder to play than yours. It's like, yeah, because you guys didn't have any rules to stop people from fucking fighting each other. It's like there's literally sports where you can fight one another. It's like you're bad at fighting, you're bad at basketball, so you have to fucking cheat. I fucking hate that when there's I, like there's literally sports where you can do that shit legally and they don't want to do it because they're pussies i'm just gonna call it i'm, I'm gonna say it i'm gonna call it like i see it the detroit line the detroit pistons in the 90s were a bunch of pussies because they couldn't get into the fight game they couldn't box they couldn't do any of that shit they couldn't do mma so instead of doing that they're like Let, let's freaking fight people in basketball when we know they can't fight back because that's not what they're all about. They're actually about playing the sport the way it is. So we're just going to freaking beat the shit out of people in the playoffs. And we're just going to win a bunch of games. It literally only worked for two years. And then they fucking just got eviscerated by, by the Bulls of the 90s. I don't feel sorry for Isaiah Thomas and anyone else. I don't feel sorry for them. Like, you guys were a bunch of pussies. Just how I see it. You guys couldn't go into the boxing ring, couldn't go into an MMA octagon, couldn't even play them straight up on the court. You guys were bad players who couldn't fucking keep up with the league. Just that simple. Call it like I see it. Moving on. Let me 
talk about the NFL draft. Jesus Christ, I'm heated up. Heated up to go into this draft talk. A lot of stuff to talk about the draft. So I got, I think, eight teams that I uh, that I don't like and almost 20-plus teams that I do. It's pretty much the entirety of the league. I really, really like their draft picks. Um, everyone else uh, I, got, I got a lot of issues with. Before I get into that, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say. But let me get into this. So I'm kind of gonna alternate between some of the teams that I've uh, kind of written down, and I've even starred. You know, I drew a star uh, next to those teams that I did and didn't like their draft. Not didn't didn't like. Excuse me. It was just like I. If you, if you have a star next to your team, it's that I really did or really didn't like your draft. Teams that I didn't like. Green Bay, what a surprise. Atlanta, what a surprise. Bears, Texans, Rams, Patriots, Eagles, Seahawks. Because the Seahawks, they always have stinking terrible drafts. And they're like, Russell Wilson, can you bail this out? Can you bail it? We know we drafted you in like the fourth, fifth, and sixth round, or, or sixth round. But, we, you know, can you bail us out? We don't, we, you know, we can't give you any offensive line help. We can't give you any wide receiver. We can't give you anything to, you know, to, to, to help you out offensively. You know, can you, can you just bail us out even though we're not going to give you anything? In the draft, in free agency, except Greg Olson, who's an old uh, tight end. We have four tight ends on our football team. We're not going to draft a wide receiver. We're going to get another tight end in a horrible tight end draft. We're not going to give you a wide receiver in the first three rounds. Teams that I did like. uh, Excuse me. Teams that I did like. Cardinals, Ravens, Carolina, Panthers, Browns, Cowboys. They won the draft. Broncos. Detroit Lions, Colts, Jags, Kansas, Vegas, Chargers, uh, Miami, Minnesota, Giants, Jets, 49ers, Tampa Bay, and surprisingly enough, even the Washington team. The entirety of the NFC East besides the Eagles, I liked. What a surprise. By the way, I um, I starred every single team that I did like in metallic blue, and I starred every single team that I didn't like in loser eagle green. Who should I start off with? I'll save the juicier ones for later. Let's start off with a layup. Um, let's start off with the Bears, okay? Um, I have this rule about this particular draft specifically. One of the deepest wide receiving drafts you'll ever find. Um, I know a lot of people were like, in, in 2018, they were like, this, is the, this draft is going to be comparable to the draft where Dan Marino and John Elway were drafted, and two Hall of Famers are going to come out of this draft. Surprisingly enough, Sam Darnold is behind schedule when it comes to his evaluation, excuse me, or his progression. Sorry about that. I had to like pick up burp, and I just, uh, my voice got muffled. Sorry about that. But Sam Darnold... And uh, Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen is borderline a bust. He may be either a backup or he may be a perennial backup or he just may be going, uh, he may be a journeyman essentially. He may be the next Deshaun Kaiser, right? I don't even know if Deshaun Kaiser is in the league. I don't know where he plays, if he is. Then you got uh, Baker Mayfield. He seems probably the the better talent, not the better talent, but one of the better evaluated prospects. Uh, but he had a down year last year. We'll see what happens next. The only one that seems like he's kind of doing good on his football team is Josh Allen. And he was semi-properly evaluated, big arm. But guess what? Too big of an arm. He's overthrowing intermediate throws. He doesn't know how to, he doesn't have the full repertoire of throws underneath his belt. He only wants to take shots. Sean McDermott had to say, shut your damn mouth. You're not going to take any damn shots anymore. You're going to throw slants. You're going to throw the guys in the slot. You're going to throw the short and and intermediate pass because I can't get picks in the AFC East because I'm going up against Tom Brady two years in the world. 
Not two years, but two games. Every single year. By the way, the Patriots are one of the teams that I think sucked. Then on top of that, Lamar Jackson, the only guy to come out of that 2018 draft that was properly evaluated. But uh, this kind of comes full circle in the sense of teams misevaluated yet again another draft, uh, another draft, excuse me, filled with a lot of talented wide receivers, right? And some teams that really needed wide receivers, I don't care what people say. Like, I remember, not even remember, but I keep getting this ridiculous quote from people. Dallas didn't need a wide receiver. Dallas didn't need a wide receiver. Dallas didn't need a wide receiver. It's like, what are you talking about? They didn't have a slot receiver. They lost Randall Cobb. You don't, you, like, do you really expect them to put up a guy who couldn't even make the starting roster in Cedric Wilson as our starting slot receiver? Are you serious? Do you know anything about Cowboy football? Do you know anything about the Dallas Cowboys? Do you know anything about our wide receiving core? No. It's like, it's like roll my eyes worthy. It's like, what are, you, what, 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 are you, what are you talking about? Dallas didn't need a wide receiver. We only had two damn wide receivers on a team that could start for us. Like, y'all must be tripping if you think Dallas didn't need a wide receiver. Don't worry. I'll address that later on. Going back to the horrifically uh, challenged Bears. Um, if this doesn't get the Bears GM fired, I don't know what will. Let's take a look. So, second round pick because they traded away their first rounder for Khalil Mack. By the way, how's that working out for them? Not very good because Khalil Mack, he has had his career lows not only in tackles, but also and sacks outside of his rookie year in 2014 with the Bears. He has had doubt he has been on a significant downward spiral when it spiral, excuse me, when it comes with his um not with his progression, but his production. There you go, 24. With his production as a linebacker, like he he used to have almost 70 tackles a game. He only has 47 now. Not se- uh, not 70 tackles a game, excuse me. 76 to 78 tackles a season. Now he only has 47. He's missing about 70 tackles, not 70, 30 tackles with the Bears. 8.5 sacks last year. One of his worst, not one of his worst, his worst in his entire career. It's like ever since he got to Chicago, he's had less production, significantly less production overall. And he can't freaking, like, he can't come out of it. I don't know what's going on with Khalil Mack. He's still one of the best pass rushers in the league. But man, since going to the Bears, he has had significant drops in production. And it's not going to get any better. Uh, Especially when he's got freaking uh, a quarterback carousel and Nick Foles and whatever his face is. What's his face? Trubisky. Because people were like, you got to draft number uh, Trubisky, number two overall. Chicago bit on the fake. Didn't draft a Sean Watts and Patrick Mahomes. Great job, Bears. Who they got in the second round, you may ask me. And I'm not even doing this in depth. I, 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 I'm not even doing this off, off, off the jump, right? Let me pull up my second round list of players that I like that got drafted. Where are they? Second round draft picks. Oh, I got a bunch, ladies and gentlemen. I got a bunch of picks that they could have gotten here. But they got Cole Commit tied in out of Notre Dame, helping out that tight end core. I thought that that would be a great idea for, for the Bears at the time. But then I think, then I realized they have, what, two, three tight ends already on the roster. 
before Cole Komet even lands in Chicago. But then on top of that, you look at some of the guys that they probably could have drafted, and it's like, holy sweet Jesus, what the hell are you doing, Bears? What are you doing, Chicago? I got, I got their number. Their number, hold on, their number for 43, that's their first second rounder. Number 50 is their second, Jalen Johnson. I'm fine with that. But 43, they could have gotten Antoine Winfield Jr., safety. Don't know if they need a safety. They probably do. Uh, they probably they could have gotten K.J. Hamler, Chase Claypool, Trevon Diggs from Dallas, by the way. J.K. Dobbins, running back, because you need a running back, and they didn't get one this draft. They could have gotten Denzel Mims. They could have gotten Christian Fulton. But they got a tight end instead. Let me look at their needs on the draft board. Top needs, cornerback, didn't draft one. Well, they did. They got Jalen Johnson. But they could have doubled up Christian Fulton and Jalen Johnson. You like that? I like that as a secondary. Offensive line, I think they got one in the third round. Quarterback, we'll see. Safety, I addressed it already. They could have gotten Antoine Winfield Jr., don't like who they got instead, and Cole come in, and they needed a wide receiver. This rule, I, I, I think I mentioned this before. I said, you know, um, and I before I kind of got sidetracked, I said, listen, if you if your team did not draft a wide receiver in this draft, I got a problem with you. Got a problem with your team. Your team better have a damn good reason if you did not draft a wide receiver in this draft. Bears did not draft a wide receiver. They didn't draft. They didn't draft an offensive lineman until the seventh round. This is a really bad draft. They got Darnell Mooney, which I'm okay with. But in the fifth round, when you could have gotten, again, again, who do I got on my list? K.J. Hamler. You could have gotten him. Chase Claypool went to, uh, went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You could have gotten freaking Trevon Diggs if you're worried about corners. J.K. Dobbins running back. Could have gotten Denzel Mims, Chris Fulton. What the hell's wrong with you, Chicago? Fix it. I'm sick and tired of it. Darnell Mooney, that's, good. that's a good pickup. Round five. But that's it? I don't like your wide receiving core at all. You could have gotten Devin DuVernay. And I, would, I would have been fine if you had gotten him in the second or third round. You don't, excuse me, they didn't have a, a, a third round draft pick. That's like, hot damn, you guys really screwed th- that draft up, draft up. Like, hot damn. That is even worse than I thought it was. Like, you really need to fire your GM now. That's all I'm, that's a conclusion I'm coming to. You really need to fire your draft, your, 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 your GM, because he stinks. If he survives another season, after this draft, the owner, the lady who owns the Bears, if she had any common sense, she would have gone, she would have sent him a pink slip in the, in, in the mail, sprayed it with some Lysol beforehand, then sent it in the mail. Jesus, it's Christ. That's a terrible draft. How are you helping out your quarterback? What did you get wide receiver wide receiver wise to help out Taylor to, to replace Taylor Gabriel? You don't need like, like I remember on the on the ESPN uh, coverage they were like you know what Bears I think they had the least amount of t- uh, tight end catches in the league and I was like you don't need a damn tight end you need a wide receiver like there's way like like if you told me. I could either have Cole Commit or Chase Claypool or Steph, not Stephon Diggs, excuse me, um, uh, uh, KJ Hamler or Denzel Mims 
or Kristen Fulton, literally anybody else besides damn tight end. Most of these damn tight ends in this draft couldn't have even gone before the third round. And you take Cole Commit? What on God's green earth is wrong with you, Bears? You stink. You stink almost as bad as the damn Packers. And they drafted a quarterback when they have one of the best quarterbacks in the league in his prime. Sweet baby, Jesus, you stink. Moving on to a team that I actually like. Because I did not like that draft. Jesus Christ. That draft has given me PTSD. Oh my goodness, because that draft is horrifying. Let's look at a draft that's not. Arizona. I really, really like what Arizona did in this draft. First and foremost, they did not have a second round draft pick. Um, I, I, I think it may have been a part of the DeAndre Hopkins trade. I'm not sure but they didn't have a second rounder. I don't think it was, because I think they gave up a third and a fifth, if I remember correctly, which is, it's stupid how much of a, yeah, it looks like it was a third and a fifth. But, however, they did have two fourth rounders, and they got a lot of value in their fourth round, and even in their sixth round as well. Now, uh, before let me preface this uh, by saying, I don't, I'm not really going to count a lot of the fourth round, uh, the rounds, excuse me, as like, oh my gosh, this is this is going to count significantly towards your grade. Like, you really need a hit in the first and and th- first through third rounds. Those are probably going to be your starters. If you're if you're not getting someone who's going to start for you in the next one to two years, like really in the next year, like like that's that's an issue, man. Like you've done. Like I'm all for sitting quarterbacks for about a year. But after that year, man, they should be pro-ready. Unless they're doing something. Hold on. <coughs> Unless they're doing something incorrect, they should be able to start for you in the in, in the first year after they get drafted. Or excuse me, in the year after they get drafted, if, that, if I wasn't clear enough already. But the Cardinals got, first and foremost, uh, one of the shocks of the draft for me, Isaiah Simmons, uh, linebacker out of Clemson, one of the best prospects in the draft this year, he can play linebacker for you. He can play safety for you. He can he can kind of even get down and start rushing the passer as well. Very very versatile, very flexible, violent tacker. He reminds me a lot of my favorite one of my favorite players of all time, and Cam Chancellor. Look up his some of his destructive hits when he was playing with Seattle. A part of one of the greatest secondaries of all time, aka the Legion of Boom. But Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah, not Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah Simmons, great pickup for them. You would have wanted to see a tackle of some sort, uh, one of the better ones um, in, in in the draft. They were there. I can't remember who was there, but th- there was a tackle there if they wanted to protect Kyler Murray. But then when you look at the third round, you're like, oh my goodness, this is this is the value that you would have wanted. This is the pick that you would have wanted for Kyler. You've gotten a Josh Jones, probably a first-round draft pick, fell all the way to the third round for Kyler Murray. Tackle out of Houston. I actually had him going in the first round. I was like, I'm like, where is this guy? Where is this guy? And then they drafted him at the eighth pick in the third round, and I was like, sweet baby Jesus, that is great value for the Arizona Cardinals. 
Now you have the number one wide receiver for Kyler Murray. You've gotten his left tackle. You need probably some more guys for Kyler uh, when it comes to his offensive line. But getting Josh Jones in the third round is fantastic value. You've also gotten, I believe, one third rounder in um, Rashard Lawrence in the fourth round and Leaky Fotu again in the fourth round as well. And you're, you're looking you're looking mighty fine if you're the Arizona Cardinals. I really, really like this draft. For what they had asset-wise, they only had, it looks like, five picks. Two fourth rounders, a third, a first, a sixth, and a seventh. They also got Evan Weaver, linebacker out of Carolina. That interior is going to be a little bit better next year. And then on top of that, their, their defense is going to be better next year. Like I like their draft. I like their draft a lot. <clears throat> Specifically what they had and what they how they could have gone. Um, I said it before, I was like, you better have a pretty good reason if you didn't draft a wide receiver in this uh, in this draft. And um, they had they they traded for DeAndre Hopkins, so I'm I'm fine with that. They've also gotten some other guys, Andy Isabella, Kristen Kirk, who they probably want to work into uh, the offense this season. Really, really try and figure out if these guys are going to be the guys for Kyler Murray because I think Kyler Murray is 1,000 percent the guy uh, for for this team. Uh, not in the near fu- future, but in the extended future. I think he's a 10 plus year guy. Uh, for this team, I think he's a franchise quarterback. I think he's one of the better young quarterbacks in the league. If I had to name a list of quarterbacks under 30 years old, it would be um, in no particular order. Uh, Patrick, it would be Lamar, Dak, um, Kyler. Who else do I really, really like? That's kind of it. Some other, like some other players like Josh Allen probably needs a little bit of work. You know, Joe Burrow, um, to attack Veloa, Justin Herbert. I want to see them actually play in the league. Oh yeah, Deshaun Watson. I knew I was forgetting somebody. But the the new guys that just got drafted, I want to see them play in the league. I I like them as prospects, but you know, there's there's some tran- there there may or may not be some transfer over from college to the pros and you know, I will actually want to see them play before I say, "Oh, I like them as a as a young guy." Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot to love if you um, uh, if you're a fan of young quarterbacks and some of the styles of play that they that they're trying uh, that they're trying to implement, excuse me, into the into the league. Yes, I really really like the Cardinals draft this year. Uh, another draft that a lot of people are saying got the award best draft in the uh, in the NFL this year. Baltimore Ravens, right? So I I'm not going to put it over Dallas. I'm going to get into why in a second. But when you look at the draft. A lot of the reasons why I'm going to give you for why certain teams, why I like certain teams' drafts are value. And for me, you don't have to hit in the fourth, fifth, and sixth rounds, right? You only have, and seventh round, of course. You only have to really hit in those three rounds. And really, if you're getting players that I think shouldn't drop at all, and Chris Sims was talking about it on his podcast, he was like, listen, if you're getting a couple of guys here and there that fell, you know, you're doing something right, right? But when you are getting consistently three, four, five players that have fallen to the third, second, uh, or sometimes even the first round, like, or in the first round, excuse me, and in those rounds as well, then you're doing something spectacular, and that is exactly what Baltimore has done. Um, they got Patrick Queen in the first round. That's an easy. That's an easy layup for Baltimore. They're like Kenneth Murray, Patrick Queen doesn't really matter. We'll take whoever is left. And they got him at 28th overall, which, to be honest with you, I didn't think they were going to get him at. I thought that both Kenneth Murray and 
Patrick Queen were going to were going to be swallowed up uh, by this point in the draft, and neither one of them were. No, I think Kenneth Murray went earlier to the Chargers, who, by the way, spoiler, I also like their draft, but I, I don't, are we going to talk about the Chargers? Yes, we are. We're going to talk about the Chargers, but they got Kenneth Murray um, earlier. Patrick Queen went to Baltimore later. I had both of them going again before Baltimore could even get to them, which is why I had Baltimore drafting DeAndre Swift in the first round, but Patrick Queen fell, and they swallowed him up. He's going to be great for the Baltimore Ravens. He's exactly um, what the Baltimore Ravens want in a linebacker, a big, beefy dude, a guy that can absolutely be a disruptor, um, at, not only as a um, as a run stopper, but also as a pass rusher as well. He can cover up that middle for the, um, for the Baltimore Ravens, m- the middle of the field, of course, as a linebacker. And he is exactly the archetypal player that Baltimore wants on defense. And he's going to be their guy for not only, again, the foreseeable future, but the extended future as well. And uh, he, like a lot of people on LSU, sorry for my weird breathing. I, I heard <laughs> I heard one of my podcasts. I'm a little bit nervous. I heard one of my podcasts uh, where I reacted to freaking CD Lamb getting drafted. And I literally could not breathe after we like it, it, I was I was like almost hiccuping. I couldn't breathe. But Patrick Queen going to Baltimore, absolutely fantastic pickup by the Baltimore Ravens. And um, a great value as well because he dropped to the Baltimore Ravens. But speaking of running backs, and I was like, please get Lamar a running back. Don't have Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards. Please get him a running back. They got him one. J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State, second round. Pick uh, uh, pick number 23 in the second round, 55 overall. I've been saying it for the the last couple of months. I I said, Lamar is going to get better as a passer. Even though he's a great runner, you don't necessarily want him to run as much. So here you go, Lamar, J.K. Dobbins, Ohio State, instead of DeAndre Swift. And more importantly, instead of having to run it yourself, you're going to get to hand off to a really, really great running back in J.K. Dobbins, who I really, really like coming out of Ohio. And, um, you know, we can we can kind of keep it moving with some of the offensive guys that you've gotten um, over the years in a Mark Ingram and a Hollywood Brown and a guy that I love, 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 love. That I'll talk about later on. Justin Matabuki, third round draft pick, uh, pick number seven. They got him in the third round, and he was a second rounder for sure. And when I look at Justin Matabuki and what he's going to be able to do on the inside, you can you can swap him, not him, but Calais Campbell, kind of in and out. Calais Campbell is a defensive end slash interior guy. He's kind of like a Tyrone Crawford of the Dallas Cowboys, where Tyrone goes in and out. Uh, so can Calais Campbell and Justin Matabuki, he's going to help out that interior defensive line. It looks like it's just defensive guys, but then you look at pick number 28 for the Baltimore Ravens in the third round, 92 overall, Devin Duvernay out of Texas. He's watching Texas, Oklahoma in the Red River Bowl. Probably should have been called the C.D. Lamb Bowl, but Devin Duvernay, slot guy out of Texas, fast guy, Physical wide receiver, exactly what you want in Baltimore because you can run freaking jet sweeps and fly sweeps and fly motions and all that other crap. And he's a physical dude. He's a big, tough dude. And he will truck people as a small guy, as a short guy. Shouldn't say small because he ain't small. He's short, but he's big. He's kind of like Christian McCaffrey in that sense. He's He may be bigger than Christian McCaffrey. He looks bigger than Christian McCaffrey. 
Christian McCaffrey's a big dude. Devin Duvernay is a bigger dude. And he ran like a 4-4-40, I think. He's a fast guy as well. And he can play in the slot. He's exactly what I have been praying to God that Lamar Jackson will um, will get uh, as a wide receiver. Devin Duvernay out of Texas. Great pickup in the third round. Especially, and some people, including myself, at first I thought to myself, well, you may have reached for him in the sense of he may have been a, um, a fourth rounder, but I'm like, I don't know if Devin Duvernay would have been um, been been there for them later on, even though they had two other fourth round draft picks, um, 34th, uh, not, I'll, I'll just say they had 92 overall with Devin Duvernay, 98th and the 106th pick in the third round, even though they had those picks, I'm not sure another team would have sw- uh, got him up and I wouldn't have risked it because, uh, risked it, excuse me, because that's, that's the guy for Lamar. Like you pair him with Hollywood, she's man. And it's ironic because both of them, one of them played for Oklahoma, one of them played for Texas, and they're now both playing in Baltimore. It's a pretty good, it's, it's, it's a pretty good ironic statement. Or not an ironic statement, an ironic circumstance. Then moving on, Malik Harrison, linebacker out of Ohio State, guard out of Mississippi State, Tyree Phillips, helping out that interior guy. Uh, they also got another guard in Ben Breedson out of Michigan. I can't say his last name because they're Hall of Famer. I, I think his name is Yanata. Retired this season, unfortunately, or after this season, after last season in 2019, like, tongue-tied. The season in which Lamar Jackson won an MVP. He retired, so let's. So they were like, well, let's get two guards. And then they got two guys that I really, really like as well in the sixth and the seventh round in James Prose out of Southern Methodist. And I was like, that's a steal right there at six at the sixth round. And then in the seventh round, they got a safety out of Iowa. His name is Geno Stone. I had him high up on the board. I had him as like a fourth or a fifth rounder. They got him in the seventh round. I was like, that's great. That's great value. Talking about value. Like sometimes, like like take for example the Dallas Cowboys, they, they kind of botched their, their seventh rounder. I would have preferred Anthony Gordon, but they were like, we're going to go for a guy who nobody's ever heard of ever. Instead of going for Anthony Gordon, I didn't like their seventh round pick, but I was like, I don't care about their seventh round pick. Seventh round, I'm like, I don't care. But I liked Baltimore's seventh rounder in Geno Stone, safety out of Iowa. I like it a lot. <clears throat> I liked Baltimore's draft. I want to go on to another one. I like to be positive. Who else did I like? We'll save the Cowboys. Let's Let's take a look at the Broncos. Let's take a look at the Broncos. So, first two rounds, they they doubled up on wide receiver. They got Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, right? Jerry Judy, in my opinion, thought they should have gotten CD Lamb. CD Lamb. But um if your if your perception was, okay, Jerry Judy is the best route runner in the draft, but then on top of that, he could also be a really really nice number 2 for us with paired with obviously a Cortland Sutton and a Noah Fant. And he's probably better suited for both playing on the outside and playing in the slot. Better than CeeDee Lamb, obviously. Like, all right. All right. I like that pickup as well. But we'll see scheme-wise where he fits. Obviously, K.J. Hamler as well. K.J. Hamler could be your number two. Jerry Judy could be your number three. I mean, we'll see. I think I I was about to say K.J. Hamler was the best slot receiver in in the draft. He is not the best slot receiver in the draft. 
But yes, KJ Hamler, Penn State. Great pickup by them as well. And I really, really like that because you now it seems like uh, the Broncos have kind of been going really, really, they've been focusing in on defense, 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 and they really haven't helped out their quarterback. Their their offensive line is still a mess, but they've they they helped out the quarterback here, and I'll talk about who they got uh, in a in a second. But first, like they haven't they they've been going defense, defense, like that that statement of defense when you wins the championships, uh, it's it's dated. It's not defense. It's high-powered offenses, and especially in the AFC West. Uh, that's what's going to win you football games, not necessarily defenses. And they're like, we'll double up on wide receivers. And they did double up on wide receivers, and they both got two guys. One guy, one of the best in the draft, another guy, probably borderline first-rounder in K.J. Hamler. Then they went on to get a corner. Michael O. cannot say his last name, won't even try. Michael O. out of Iowa. They got him at pick number 77th overall, 13th in the third round. And um, they got a, a corner, not a safety. Oh, my God. They got a corner in Michael O, who probably could have gone in the second round. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have hated that pick either. Obviously, to help bolster that secondary, because their defensive line, their front seven is immaculate. Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb, and I think a couple of other guys are on that line as well. I think they may have added somebody else. They've had a fantastic draft. And um, finally, it seems like they're coming out of their dysfunction and are starting to become a little bit more functional again. And then they get a center out of LSU, the center, Lloyd Cushenberry, a little bit underrated as a center. And they also got his ass, and they they got his big ass in the in the, <laughs> in the third round. They got Albert O. Mich- uh, not out of Michigan, excuse me, out of Missouri. He's another tight end, pick number twelve. See that. You get a tight end in the fourth round. I'm like, oh, okay, that's a pretty good pick. Instead of getting him in the second round, great job, Bears. They got Tyree Cleveland out of Florida in the seventh round. They had a pretty good draft. I liked it a lot. Considering what they had and what they needed, I was like, I like it a lot. And again, it's like it's funny that that people are like team needs, uh, corners, linebackers, offensive linemen, safety, and wide receivers. And in the first two rounds, they get wide receivers because it's like, listen. If your team needs a wide receiver, if their team, if your team is not excellent at wide receiver, this would have been the draft for you to address that need in. And some teams, um, they didn't even draft a wide receiver at all in this draft. And that miffs me, that pisses me off just a tad bit because it's like it's throwing your it's throwing your nose at freaking Ruth Chris level of stake. It's like you want steak, you want to go to a steakhouse, you go to a Ruth Chris Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, you know? Spend like fifty dollars on a steak, man. It's like they don't it's like you don't like Ruth's Chris steak? What are you doing, man? Get the hell out of steak. Let's take a look at the Texans. This is a draft that I did not like. I don't like what the Texans are doing at all. They're not helping out the quarterback. Let's take a look. So, <clears throat> they did draft a wide receiver, but um, it was in the seventh round. Let's take a look at what they got instead. In fact, their only offensive player was taken in this, not in the seventh round, in the fifth round, excuse me. Uh, the reason why I said seventh round was because it looked like it was their final pick of the draft, because it was, but um, they only had five picks in 
they were all within the second, third, fourth, and fifth round rounds. Excuse me, they doubled up in the fourth. So let's let's get it started. Second round, pick eighth overall. They get Ross Blacklock out of Texas Christian University. TCU. All right, you help replace DJ Reader. Um, Ross Blacklock, by the way, may not necessarily be a interior guy as in a defensive tackle. He may be an edge rusher in the league. So you obviously pair him with J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless, whatever. You know, all right. Then you get Jonathan Greenard out of Florida. And then things go downhill from there. Charlie Heck, tackle, John Reed, corner out of Penn State, fourth round. Isaiah Couture, fifth round pick, great value for Isaiah Couture. That's it. I get it. They had they had five picks, and I get it. They're picking mid rounds, but come on, you know, get somebody, get a tackle, get somebody. You know, again, Josh Jones fell to the second round. You didn't think about getting him. He's in Houston. He played in Houston, like. He played for the U of H, University of Houston. Like, it, like I can't even be like too mad at the Bears because the Bears, not the Bears, I can't even be mad at the Texans because the Texans have become so dysfunctional as a football team. That's like this, this kind of a draft where they get Charlie Heck in the fourth round who probably won't contribute that much, uh, if anything. And um, they go defensive tackle instead of probably getting a running back. Because you got pick eighth, you got the eighth pick, and you go Ross Blacklock instead of getting an actual running back, instead of getting maybe a big-bodied wide receiver like Denzel Mims, maybe getting K.J. Hamler, maybe getting a safety, maybe getting somebody that can help you out. They go defensive tackle. I don't know what to do anymore with, um, with the Texans. I think Deshaun Watson should be on the first train out of there, first Boat, first, I mean, I, I don't even, the, the first car ride out of there. He should already have had his shit packed up, put it in a U-Haul, put it in storage in Georgia, wherever he's from. I think he is from Georgia. Put his shit in Georgia, in, in a U-Haul, in a U-Haul in Georgia, have it be driven back to Georgia, put it in freaking a, a, one of those safe places, you know, those, those store it, you store it places, one of those places, and then just wait for a free agency and then just leave Texas. Because I'm sick of this team, man. Like, they did absolutely nothing in the draft that I like. Maybe besides Isaiah Couture in the in the fifth round. It's like, really? Couldn't get him a wide receiver. Two wide receivers. Couldn't get him a running back. Because there were three of them. Two of them there, I think. You must be tripping if you think I'm going to... That draft. Jesus Christ. Anyway. What else do I got on deck? Are they still doing the NFL Draftathon? I was watching that. By the way, if you don't know what the NFL Draftathon was, it was um, supposed to provide relief for um, the coronavirus. They raised about like six million dollars. It was a very, very weird event in the sense of like it wasn't. It, it was, I think, supposed to be a watch party, but it turned into just like. A bunch of like people talking over each other, like like uh, like Deion Sanders and 
and Michael Strahan and Kevin Hart was there. It was a it was a fun event, but I was like, I don't necessarily know if this is going to be like a draft watch party because they did not pay that much attention to the draft. I'm not going to lie to you on that. They had other people like uh, the Migos show up. Um, they had NFL personalities and other people um, like that. Former players like, Char- uh, like Charles Woodston, he was there as well. They had Cedric the Entertainer, and he was in a fucking car and I could literally hear his car through Zoom. And it, it, it was like, nope, get him out. Get him out the crib. Throw him out. Can't take it anymore. Should I go another bad team or should I keep on, um, or should I go back to good teams? Let's go to a good team. I'm happy. I'm in a, I'm in a positive mood today. Let's go to a good team. A team that I liked. Chargers. Look at the Chargers. So I talked about on um, on Thursday when they drafted Justin Herbert. I was like, okay, you now have a quarterback that if he comes in and if he plays decent, if he plays decently well, you'll pretty much be able to go to the playoffs because I think that um, um well, a your your conference stinks, right? Like um, the whole seventh seed or yeah, the seventh seed playoff team, like you'll be able to get in via that way. Or you can actually challenge for the division because I feel like your defensive linemen are pretty good. But then they also did some shit like this where they got Kenneth Murray, linebacker, out of frickin' Oklahoma. They helped out the running back position by getting um, Joshua Kelly. And then they got Joe Reed out of Virginia, wide receiver, Alohi Gilman, uh, safety out of Notre Dame. And then their seventh rounder, a guy that I really, really like out of Ohio State, K.J. Hill. And check that out. Uh, who, who did I just rip apart? The Texans, because they had five picks. Well, guess what? The uh, the freaking Chargers only had six picks. And on top of that, they also had two first-rounders because I think they traded away somebody. I have no idea how they got back into the second round or in the first round. Maybe they traded away picks or something like that. I don't know. They got back into the first round, stole Kenneth Murray from everybody. And then they, their next pick was their fourth-rounder, Joshua Kelly out of UCLA. Then it was Joe Reed and Alohi Gilman safety. Like, they did a fantastic job with what they had, and they didn't have a lot. Great job by the Chargers. And again, when you have dudes on offense, when you have a solid offensive line, when you already have wide receivers, when you have a running back, when you, I I don't know if Antonio Gates is still uh, playing or not. I don't know if he is. I don't know if he's retired or not. We'll see. Don't know. Don't really care. Not a Chargers fan. But But if he is retiring, it's like, okay, you can probably... Just you may not necessarily need that good of a tight end group. You probably just can rely on Keenan Allen's and the other guy. I can't remember his name. I think his name is Mike Williams. I think that's what his name is. But you can pretty much rely on those guys to win you football games, and that's pretty much all you need to do. Not win you football games, but catch catch the dang on football. The most important thing, getting the guy that you just drafted, number six overall, Justin Herbert, up to speed. Make sure what he's got to do. Make sure he understands what he's got to do to play at a mediocre to slightly uh, above mediocre level in the league. And believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, that is what's going to get you into the playoffs this year in the AFC because the AFC as a conference stinks. There's a lot more NFC East teams. Not in a, Yeah, there's a lot more NFC East teams on, on my like board than not like NFC East teams. I got all three teams besides the Eagles because the Eagles, their draft stunk. But I love the Chargers. 
Um, the AFC is a weak conference. The AFC West is going speed balls. They're, 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 they're looking to just get a bunch of guys to run up and down the dang on football field and catch footballs. That's what the AFC, not the AFC East, the AFC West is trying to do. Great job by the Chargers and their fantastic draft. I really, really liked it. Miami's up next. Same thing goes with um, Miami, but it's a little bit different. You develop your quarterback. You don't, excuse me, you develop your quarterback. You don't necessarily need to bring him up to speed. You just got to make sure, A, he's healthy, which he probably is, or else why would you draft him? And then B, bring his ass up to speed. Make sure he knows how to be a pro. Make sure he understands what to do on a week-to-week basis to have success within the NFL. Make sure he understands you know, what your offensive scheme is, what your philosophy is, what we're going to do as a team during most of the weeks. Make sure he can recognize coverages. Make sure he, under, uh, excuse me, he understands separation and anticipation within the league. And Tua should still be uh, a really, really nice pickup for you. It just depends on, hey, what does he do when he comes to the league? That's all I want to know. They got Tua in the first round, pick number five. They got Austin Jackson, young guy out of USC. Then in the, th- then in the first round, again, they got Noah I. Can't say his last name, won't even try, out of Auburn. Cornerback. So what you did here was that you got quarterback, you addressed some issues at, at, freaking, um, at, um, at offensive line, and then you made one of your strengths stronger. Miami may have one of the best freaking secondaries in the league in the next couple of years because they got Xavier Howard and Byron Jones and they also got a first rounder Noah I this year from Auburn like you gotta like that when I saw that when I saw those three picks I was like god damn that's a pretty good draft then on top of that they got Robert Hunt a tackle out of Louisiana Lafayette helping to bolster that offensive line. And then on top of that, they also got Roquan Davis, defensive tackle, who I really, really liked coming out of Alabama. But, well, wait, there's more. They got a safety, Brandon Jones. Didn't know a lot about him, probably still don't, out of Texas. Need a safety. Pick number three, pick six. Oh, my God. He was drafted 70th overall, but he was the sixth pick in the third round. That's pretty good valuation for him. Jason Strawbridge, who was a fourth or a third rounder, fell to them all the way to pick number nine in round five. 154th overall. Solomon Kidney, guard out of Georgia. I'm really, really liking it. Liking this stuff. Like this stuff. Then they get Curtis Weaver in the fifth round. What the heck's going on in Miami? Those are just doubles over and over and over again. Bang, 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 bang. Just doubles, just hitting doubles. Two attack of Aloha and the Miami Dolphins, they're skipping across the bases right now. And then you get Malcolm Perry, seventh rounder, out of Navy. I don't know how the hell that's going to work. Is he still in the service? I don't know. I don't know what the hell. I was questioning that to that nauseam. I was like, what the hell's going on? They got Blake Ferguson, a long slap, snapper out of LSU. I was like, what the hell are you doing, Miami? You had such a sexy, beautiful draft. Then you freaking put it through a car wreck. By, by drafting Blake Ferguson. But overall, Miami had one of the best drafts. In, uh, they, they had probably top three. Get your quarterback. Get your wide receiver. I don't even think, yeah, they, they got one in Malcolm Perry, but they were trying to get bigger and more important needs, in my opinion. You got to like their draft. 
There's special reasons. I'm like, remember what I said? You better have a damn good reason for not drafting wide receiver, even though they did. It was in the seventh round. Didn't like that. But they also got guys. They got great valuation. Not va- great valuation. They got great, got, they got great value in what they did pick-wise for their football team. I got to like it. I like it a lot. Let's dunk on another team. Saving Green Bay. Dunked on the, uh, ooh, I'll save the Eagles too. Let's talk about the Seahawks, right? Let's talk about the Seahawks. Because, man, oh, man, the Seahawks. I mean, again, this feels like the Bears, or not the Bears, the Texans. Feels like a team that I'm, like, you know they're going to have a bad draft. As I take a swig of my half and half. You know they're going to have a bad draft. Uh, Jordan Brooks, reach. Darrell Taylor, good pick, second round. Damian Lewis, guard out of LSU. Colby Parkinson, tight end out of Stanford. <clears throat> Wrong. DJ Dallas, Alton Robinson, Freddie Swain out of Florida. Pretty good pick in the sixth round. And then it's Steven Sullivan, tight end out of LSU. Hmm. Hmm. 24, why is that bad? I'll tell you why that's bad. Because, <clears throat> sorry about that. Because they probably could have gotten Michael Pittman Jr. Not probably, definitely could have gotten him instead of Jordan Brooks. When I when I said that, I was like, okay, you're gonna you're gonna help out your defense, but I don't remember what I said, but I remember liking it at the time. But then when I kind of got away from the draft and got away from podcasting and things of that nature, I was like, they kind of need a wide receiver, don't they? They kind of do. Michael Pittman Jr. was there. Who else was there? You know, just for, just for last, who else was there? Who, oh, yeah, Chase Claypool, K.J. Hamlin, Antoine Winfield Jr. in the first round. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Antoine Winfield Jr. was there. Nope, he was not there. Jalen Johnson was there. I actually like Darrell Taylor. I'm not going to harp that much on the Darrell Taylor pick. But I don't like the Jordan Brooks, the Darrell Taylor pick. Okay, fine, sure. Then they had another pick in the third round. Pick number five, sixty-nine overall. <laughs> Grow up, 24. What are you doing? Oh, my gosh. I think you could have gotten uh, Devin Duvernay. Right? You could have gotten Devin Duvernay. Yeah, he was drafted late in the third round there. I don't know if you have a slot receiver, but... You could either put, you could make Tyler Lockett your second rounder, not your second rounder, your second or your number one. You can make DK your number two. Devin DuVernay your number three. You like that? Because I love it. Colby Parkinson. And this was a weird one because before the draft, they had four tight ends, which means they're going to have to cut one, maybe two of them already. And they drafted one in the fourth round. It's like they have three wide receivers. We'll get another one. DJ Dallas out of Miami. What? I got an issue. I like. I, I, I feel like I'm. I'm freaking kicking a baby right now. This is like Seattle's. Like Seattle's drafts are indefensible. Goodness gracious! Let's take a gander at what they did last year. Who did they get? Did they get a starter last year? L.J. Collier, Marquise Blair, D.K. Obviously in the second round. Cody Barton, Gary Jennings, Phil Haynes. I don't know any of these people. Besides DK, and then in 2018, who else did they get? 
I think this is the Shaquem and Sha- uh, Shaquem and Shaheel. Shaquem Griffin. Rashad Penny. That's their running back. Raseem Green. No idea who that is. I don't know if he's on the team. Is he on the team? Let's find out. Raseem, Raseem Green. Where is he? Oh, they're showing me his prospect. I don't know if he's on the team. I'm not going to bother looking it up. Why not? It's literally bang like that. I go on to Google. I type in his name. Stop being so fucking lazy, 24. Let's look at his numbers. He had four sacks last season. He had one his rookie season. Oh my god. He's gonna he's gonna be a he's gonna be a star, man. He's gonna be a star for you. But again, Seattle, they're pretty their their drafts are pretty defenseless. Indefensible. Like this is not their twenty twenty draft. They keep showing me Rashad Penning, and I'm like, that is not who they got. All right. I don't like their drafts. I don't like their drafts. Their drafts stink. Moving on to another draft that I also liked. Tampa. Oof, Tampa. Tampa is on fire right now. They got Tom. They stole Gronk from the Patriots. They were, the Patriots, they were like, you know what? We don't even need freaking... <laughs> we, don't, we, don't need, we don't need two of our best all-time players of all time. We don't need Tom. We don't need Gronk. We'll just roll. And I, and I cannot believe that it's gotten to this level. I really hope Bill Belichick does not go into the season with Brian Hoyer, Hoyer and Jarrett Stidham as, as his starting quarterback because he's going to find out real quickly the deficit. And I'll talk more about the Patriots draft in a couple minutes. But first, let me talk about Tom Brady's new newest fling in Tampa and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. First and foremost, they get him a, a tackle in Tristan Wirfs. You like that? Because I love that. That's one of the best tackles in the, in the draft. They stole him out of Iowa. And you can flex him either at left tackle or at right tackle. Wherever you put him at, he's going to be good at. Antoine Winfield Jr. Steal for them in the second round. Pick number 13 safety out of Minnesota. I was like, oh my God. If Antoine Winfield Jr. falls to us in the in the in the, in, in, in the second round, we gotta pick him up. If we're Dallas, the freaking Tampa Bay Buccaneers picked his ass up. He he's got some injury issues. However, he'll get you interceptions. He'll throw his body around without a care in the world, and he will be extremely violent on the back end for you. Great pickup by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh my God, continuing forward. Keyshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt, running back. Why do I like that draft pick? Because I didn't know who the running back was before. Now I do now. One of the better ones in the draft. Now Tom Brady has dudes to throw the football to, and he's got a running back to hand the football off to. Now, again, the rule that I've been talking about, you better have a damn good reason to not drafting wide receiver in this draft. They did but they drafted him in the fifth round. But even though they drafted him in the fifth round, guess what? They have Mike Evans. They have OJ Howard. They have um, Chris Godwin, excuse me. They have Robert Gronkowski now. 
And they also added Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota as well. You like that? I love it. Their wide receiving core is looking as dangerous as Dallas's, if not slightly more, excuse me. Round number six, they get a defensive tackle, Khalil Davis. Then they get some seventh rounders. Nobody cares about seventh rounders, if I'm honest with you. The steals of the draft, the real important things are those first three rounds. They didn't have a fourth rounder because I think they paid, yeah, they traded it to the Patriots. But those first three rounds, remember, I talked about it. I'm like, you really need to win your first three rounds. Those are going to account for how good your draft can and will be. Not really that concerned about some of their other picks in the later rounds. But man, did Tampa land some great picks this year. And you want to know something interesting. Talked about it with Dallas. Talked about how, man, Dallas had a great draft. I'm, I'm about to talk about it in a couple of minutes. But Dallas had a great draft because they pretty much, their offense has become unstoppable now. But I said this about Tampa Bay when people were like, we should trade Dak Prescott. We should trade back Dak Prescott for a second and third rounder. We should trade Dak Prescott for a first and a first. Talked about it. I was like, you do realize that if he gets traded uh, and if he signs with another team, he could potentially go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and absolutely light it up. And I forgot to also mention at that time, O.J. Howard. Mentioned that for weeks. Tom Brady gets to uh, Tampa Bay, and it's like, wait a second. Tampa Bay is actually kind of a good team. <clears throat> Surprisingly enough, they got really, really nice coaching. And they got a really, really nice wide receiving core. They got a really, really nice tight end core now with Robert Gronkowski. They got some guys, man. The issue with Tampa Bay originally was Jameis Winston. 30 touchdowns and 7-9 and nine is pretty fantastic as a football team. Because your quarterback turned the ball over 30 times. I think Dak Prescott in four years may have turned it over... I can look that up right now. Thirty-six times, but he also has had ninety-seven touchdowns, over fifteen thousand yards, sixty-five percent completion percentage, ninety-seven point zero passer rating, above average, above average, above average, above average, above average. In fact, I'll even go significantly above average in most, if not all, of those numbers, most, if not all, of those stats. So yes, Tampa Bay had a fantastic draft. Another draft that I liked that we'll talk about here today. Washington, ooh, divisional rival. Isn't that interesting? Check this out. Look at what they did. They got Chase Young in the first round. I like him a lot out of Ohio State. Everybody does. That was a layup, but they also got, they didn't have a second round draft pick. So do you want to know what they did? They just got value picks in the third and fourth rounds, right? I don't know how some of these other guys are going to, going to, how they're going to perform and how they're going to develop as players. I can't even tell you how to say their damn names. But they got um, in the fifth, not fifth, yeah, they got in the fifth round, they got Kaliki Hudson, they got Cameron Curl, and they got James Smith Williams, right? But those aren't the picks that you want to hear. I want to hear Antonio Gibson, wide receiver slash running back out of Memphis. 
Memphis, excuse me. You want to talk about, you want to hear about Sadiq Charles, tackle out of LSU. And then you want to hear about this guy that I was really, really, really high on going into the draft. Antonio Gandhi Golden out of Liberty. I would not shut up about this guy. I was like, you want a 50-50 ball guy? You want a guy that's going to climb the ladder and go get that dang on football? You get A-G-G, Liberty. And that's exactly who Washington got. I felt that it was a good draft. I liked the draft because they help out their defense. They helped out their offense. They definitely did not help out their offense by freaking trading away Trent Williams instead of paying his ass some money. But I liked what they did. Don't like everything that they did. Liked what they did overall. These are drafts that I like. I may not like everything, but I like it overall. I, and I and some of these guys, some of these names, I kind of went back and forth and I was like, I, I kind of like this pick, I kind of like that. But overall, I like the draft. Sometimes I don't like what they do. Sometimes I do. But I like some of the things that they did overall. Let's go to a team's draft that I really did not like. Who else do I got here? Oh, goody. The only ones that are left are the controversial ones that everybody was is, is probably waiting for me to talk about. And the only good one left is the Dallas Cowboys. So guess what? It's going to be a whole bunch of dunking for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes. Settle in as I prepare to freaking Dennis Rodman push them down to the ground. Like he did against Scottie Pippen. And the and then NBA Finals or in in the NBA Western Conference Finals. No, I'm not gonna be a pussy. I'm not gonna be a Detroit Piston. As I am slobbing over my half and half, just came to mind. I gotta take out the trash. Where should I start off with? Eagles, Patriots, or Green Bay? How about this? I saved the the page not the Patriots the Packers and the and the Packers how about I, I saved the Packers and the and the freaking Eagles for later I'll I'll rip apart the Patriots now um, because Jesus H Christ their draft suck balls oh my God <laughs> oh my God what was that what is this what is that Kyle Duggar Joss Uche Anthony Jennings De- Devin Asiasi Dalton King jo- a kicker. Uh, with controversial tattoos, apparently, of a white supremacist group. Mike, like, you can't make this shit up, man. It's like, it's so terrible. They're dropping freaking dudes with white supremacist tattoos on their body. I can't even say this guy's last name. Justin, or Justin Hernan, Cash, I can't, I can't even say his first name, and Dustin Woodard. What are you doing? Okay. First and foremost, question, why didn't you draft a wide receiver? I'm waiting, right? You got so many doggone picks that you could have used on a wide receiver and didn't use any of them. And worse yet, you spend it on two tight ends in the draft. What's his name? Ossie Ossie and Keen. And I like Keen. I like Dalton Keen a lot. But you don't need tight ends. You need wide receivers. Everybody's talking about, well, you didn't draft a quarterback. You didn't draft a quarterback. You didn't (coughs) draft, excuse me. You didn't draft a quarterback. Let me ask you this question. How many quarterbacks would you have taken after Miami and Chicago, not Chicago, the Chargers and the freaking, what are they called? The Bengals. They took pretty much the three best quarterbacks in the draft. I don't necessarily think Jordan Love was a first rounder. He may have been a late second rounder, early third rounder to me. But Jordan Love, 
He's probably the only guy left, and that was their option. I'm like, I'm not, I'm, if I'm Bill Belichick, I'm like, I'm not about to be forced to take a quarterback. And they can still go out and they can still get Cam Newton, and that is still a viable option for them. But for right now, they don't have a starting quarterback that I like. I don't like either one of them. I don't like Hoyer. I don't like Stidham. Didn't he throw like an interception on one of his first games of the season? That not even first games of the season. First game he damn it played in. Like that stinks. That's who your quarterback is. And then I saw this draft and I'm like, this is why Tom Brady left. What team are we talking about here? I'm going to slow it down. What team are we talking about? We're talking about the New England Patriots, who last year, their wide receiving core was one of, if not the worst, in the entire league. In a draft where you have dozens of wide receivers in this draft. Some of them are probably first-round talents that went in the third round. The Patriots responded without drafting a wide receiver at all. At all. I think that's my biggest issue with this draft. They get Kyle Duggar. They get Joss Uche. Okay, great picks for where they are. Like, I think that's not necessarily a, um, a bad pick, getting Kyle Duggar or Uche. Uche, Uche, sorry. But you know what would have knocked it out of the park if you had gotten a wide receiver for your quarterback? And it's like, I don't, I don't know if the Patriots are going to make the playoffs this year. Because, and and I think a lot of people are are thinking about the greatness of Bill Belichick, and I love Bill Belichick. But I feel like he has been overestimating his abilities and underestimating Tom Brady's. Let's let's take a gander at 2019. And I know that in the first round they got, um, I forgot what, what wide receiver they got. They got Nikhil Harry. Then they went corner. Then they got Winovich out of running back. Damian Harris, running back. Chase Winovich isn't a running back. He's an edge rusher. Damian Harris out of Alabama. And then they got Jarrett Stidham in the fourth round. And that's kind of it. That was their 2019 draft. Let's take a look at 2018. They got Sony Michelle. And Isaiah Wynn. But Isaiah's... And by the way, Sony Michelle, Isaiah Wynn, they're first round draft picks. But Isaiah Wynn, he's almost been a bust, if I'm honest with you. And then who else did they get? They got Braxton Berrios out of Miami. Absolute game wrecker. Being sarcastic. Terribly, by the way. Holy fucking shit. And then in the second and then in 2017, they got Taewon Taylor, Kenny Galladay. I know. Isn't Kenny Gall? Where does Kenny Galladay play? I've heard that name like eighty million times. Where does he play, Kenny Galladay? He doesn't play for the Patriots anymore, right? Holy fucking shit! That's exactly who I thought it was. It's that guy, Kenny Galladay of Detroit. 
Third round pick. The Patriots got him. But apparently, I, I think what happened was because the NFL draft tracker is screwing itself up. Um, it says that Kenny Galladay is, uh, was from the Patriots, but it, it may have sounded like the Patriots actually traded him. And the Patriots, like, j- may have released him. I don't know. But he was drafted in 2017. And it's like, he's a thousand, he's a perennial thousand yard wide receiver since 2018. Last two years. Thousand yards, thousand yards. Five touchdowns, 2018, 11, and 2019. You think Tom Brady would have liked that? I know he would have loved that. People misevaluated him. He was a third-round pick. Yeah, this is kind of messed up because they're saying the Patriots got Noah Brown. They did not get Noah Brown. I don't. I don't get some of these selections. Then, do they get a wide receiver? Kenny Lawler in the seventh round, going all the way back to 2016. That was their only wide receiver. Looks like one of their only offensive positions besides quarterback and Jacoby Brissett. In the third round. That was their 2016 draft. Then, who else did they get? Looks like they got an off and no offensive lineman. No, not an offensive lineman. No offensive picks. Oh wait, they got Shaq Mason, a fourth rounder. Yeah, he's he's been pretty good for them. Well, that's it. In 2015, offensive picks. By the way, one, and I think they had eight picks overall. Eight or nine. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine, ten. They had ten picks. One offensive player. Malcolm Brown, defensive tackle out of Texas, was their first round pick. Don't even know if he plays. Dominic Eastley, defensive tackle. Jimmy Garoppolo, second round. This is 2014. Cameron Fleming. And the fourth round, James White, fourth round. Even the guys that are great, like James White, they're not high draft picks. They're like low draft picks. You're seeing my point, right? Point is, it's like maybe if they had spent more more, more picks on the offense in the early rounds, maybe Tom Brady would still be there. Maybe he would have a crop of dudes, man. Because it's like, some of these drafts, man, I'm looking at them. Like 2014, they they drafted offensively. But it's like, holy shit, man. Defensive tackle, strong safety, defensive tackle, defensive end. It's like, what about what about wide receivers? Wow. It's like he drafts a fuck ton of defensive tackles, too. And he's like, well, I spent, in 2017, Bill Belichick's like, well, I just spent the last two years drafting defensive tackles. Got two third rounders. Let's get some wide receivers. And then for some weird reason, they don't end up on our football team. Wow. Wow. 
Yeah, I mean, triple F minus for the Patriots, long story short. They're not going to help out the quarterback. They're like, yeah, we get, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to freaking do whatever we want to do, and we're going to lose... We're going to lose a shit ton of games. I don't even know if Cam Newton can come in and... Because I'm, I'm not that big of a fan of Cam. I'm not going to lie to you. It's like, let's say he comes in and they, they do what they need to do. It's like, well, fuck, man. Like, I, I don't know how far they can get into the playoffs, even if they do go to the playoffs. They're just that bad offensively. And the worst thing is they lost assets on defense and... I don't know if they replaced them or not. I mean, they got an edge rusher, then they got a kicker, two guards, and then a linebacker in the sixth, then a center in the the seventh. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? I know that everybody says that. Bill Belichick has a plan. It's like, (laughs) it's like playing Red Dead Redemption 2 again, and you know, being in Dutch's gang once again, and Dutch just ke- keeps on saying, I think Arthur was like, don't worry, Dutch has got a plan, the plan sucked. It's like, whatever this plan is that Bill Belichick has, it stinks. It's like, I'm not going to get wide receivers in a heavy, in a heavily off, uh, not offense, but a, in a heavy draft with wide receivers. I'm not going to get a, a, a quarterback who can actually win me fucking football games. I'm going to rely on a dude in Jarrett Stidham just to spite Tom Brady. If you're a New England Patriots fan, get ready for a long winter because um, it's going to be pain and misery for the next three, four, maybe even five to six years, if I'm honest with you. Because it looks like you got nothing. And Bill Belichick is one of the greatest, the greatest head coaches of all time. But like what's been going on and what I've been realizing with The Last Dance, a lot of fucking egos play into who gets the credit and who doesn't get the credit? He wanted a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo two years ago. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Did you see him play in the Super Bowl this year? Do you really think he would have been able to make that catch or that throw to Gronk against the Rams? You want to talk about one of the most boring Super Bowls of all time. Think about the Patriots led by by freaking Jimmy Garoppolo and freaking... The uh, the L.A. Rams led by J- not not Jason Jared uh, Jar- Jared Goff right one of the most boring awkward Super Bowls of all time and really if I'm honest with you now that I think about it I don't think the Patriots would have been in that Super Bowl but I know that Kansas City not Kansas City 49ers would have 49ers they would have gotten Tom Brady Tom Brady would have lit it up in San Francisco. San Francisco may have had two because they probably would have beaten out the Rams. They definitely would have beaten out the uh, the, the, the Chiefs this year because Tom Brady is too smart, too intellectual. Would have loved to play in Kyle Shanahan's offensive system. They were like, oh, we're going to double down on Jimmy Garoppolo. Patriots, I don't like, I don't like what they're doing. I thought they would have gotten done something. Recognize the wide receiver talent. In this year's draft, done done something, and you know Bill Belichick, he's like, uh, like I like my guys, I like the guys that I like. Well, it's like Bill, like no, you don't, you aren't, you aren't drafting players offensively. You like he needs to really rethink how he drafts offensive football players, because if he can't draft offensive football players, if he can't get them down, if he can't, if he can't get help 
for his quarterbacks. Their quarterbacks are going to be eaten alive by Miami coming up and by Bills. Not going to talk about the Giants, not the Giants, the Jets yet. I think the Jets are still dysfunctional, dysfunctional. But Miami seems to be a functional organization, semi-functional organization by how great they drafted this year and some of their free agent acquisitions. Let's see about their coaching and their game planning and their philosophy. They should be going full steam ahead trying to win football games this year, by the way. I think they'll win seven, maybe eight games. We'll see. But next year, they could possibly win 10 games if Tua comes along the way that I think he could. But then the Bills, they got Stephon Diggs. You, you lost Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins, a huge reason why your team was the way that it was for the last three to four, six years. Three to four, six years. Like, they've been good for a really long time, and it's like, it's because of some of the players that they just lost this offseason. And, by the way, their fullback, Devlin, I don't know his name, forgot his name, but Devlin, just retired today. It's like, that's another, that's another freaking guy that's important. That's imperative for that football team. Lost his ass. Just off the cuff, just lost it. Let me look up. This is ready. Can I download this? No. Sorry. (sighs) Anyways, sorry about that. Who else do I got? I'm I'm sick and tired of the Patriots drafts, man. They are they're terrible. They're god awful. I I despise these drafts with a burning passion. Some people are gonna say, well, you know, it's Bill and he's Bill, and I respect Bill Belichick a lot. I respect he's a he's a six time Super Bowl champion with the Patriots. I think a seven eight time Super Bowl champion with the um, if you include his Super Bowls with the Giants, like he he's won a lot. He's one of the winningest head coaches of all time. Same thing goes Pop. Love Pop. Greg Popovich, head coach of the San Antonio Spurs. My basketball team, by the way. Not watch a a lot of Spurs basketball because they have stunk this year and they kind of stunk last year. But man, I I cannot... I I, I love the Patriots. I used to watch a lot of the Patriots games whenever I could because I'm, I'm such a huge fan of what they do in New England, but I... I can't be a part of this. I'm out. I'm out on the Patriots making it to the playoffs this year. Well, maybe not, because they could get in via that horrific seventh seed. Same thing go like I think I said that about one team where I was like, this team could make it in the wild card seed because of the uh, the seventh seed. I don't remember which team it was, but Patriots, I guess they could still make it in. I don't know if they're going to win the division or not, because they're going to have a lot of competition. And their quarterback... Um, a lot of people are like, well, he he won, ele- he won 11 games with Matt Castle. But everybody wants to forget um, that he never did that ever again. Oh, he won three of four without Tom Brady. Didn't really play that hard of opponents. And the thing that people are forgetting and aren't making it very clear is that, yes, did Matt Castle play a full season? Yeah, of course. But whoever is coming in will not be up to speed like Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Brissett, Matt Castle, whoever you want to put in, won't be up to speed. We'll have probably one of the worst wide receiving cores in the entire history 
of the Patriots as a franchise. Won't have well, he'll have some tight ends, but beyond that, it's crickets, man. Aging running backs, aging players. Devlin retired, key piece of their blocking scheme as a fullback. I hate the Patriots. I really fucking do. Their drafts, of course, not the actual org, but their drafts. <clears throat> Moving on to another team that I despise their draft. I'll, I'll save the best for last, Dallas Cowboys. Green Bay. Green Bay. Question. How many wide receivers do you think they, they drafted? Do you think they took one, two, maybe three? Because, again, it's a heavily wide receiver draft. It's a draft filled with wide receivers. They got some picks kind of at the edge of certain rounds, but it's like at the end of certain rounds. But it's like you can you can kind of negotiate some of these rounds. Like, you know, I mean, take, for example, at pick number 26 where they drafted Jordan Love. And, yes, I will address that, and I'll give you my opinion on that. But, however, at pick number 60, they could get, for example, corner and, and, uh, and Christopher Fulton. In the third round, they could have gotten Logan Wilson. They could have gotten an Antonio Gibson. They could have gotten, I think, a Julian Aquora as well. Matabuki. They could have gotten a Zach Bond. Again, another guy. Neville Gallimore. Devin Duvernay. Obviously, these aren't just offensive positions. These are defensive positions as well. Could have gotten a lot of dudes. How many wide receivers? Obviously, they took zero. They took zero. What a surprise. They took zero. Now, you may be asking me, well, 24. Um, I thought you said Green Bay was a team that didn't need wide receivers. Aaron Rodgers doesn't need help. And I regret to inform you, faithful viewer, I was wrong. Sometimes the best can be wrong as well. I was so unbelievably wrong about this. I cannot believe that I'm saying this, that Aaron Rodgers actually needs help. I didn't realize Geronimo Allison went to Detroit. I knew Jimmy Graham had left, but I thought, okay, pick up a third Maybe get a tight end later on, which they did in the third round. But I was like, okay, you'll get a wide receiver in the first, maybe second round. That didn't happen. I was like, okay, you know, you don't have a fourth rounder because you traded up in the first round to get Jordan Love. Who who could you get in the fifth? I didn't get a wide receiver. What about in the sixth round? Oh, didn't didn't get a wide receiver. What about in the seventh round where there are still some guys there that it's like, all right, you know, not necessarily guys that I would have preferred, but, you know, uh, early because you could probably could have gotten somebody earlier. Didn't get a wide receiver. Got a problem with teams, man. Misevaluating this draft pretty easy. Get a wide receiver. First three rounds. You're probably not on a list of, of teams that I do not like. I'm not going to lie to you. It's literally that simple. It's making a layup. 
It's saying your ABCs, one, two, threes. I get it. They're going to be a hovering around the 30th pick in this draft because they went to the NFC Championship game. But there's still value, surprisingly enough, later on in the draft. Later on in the round. You can reach in and pick a guy that would have been high up in the next round in the later round. And yes, there were dudes that fell in the first, second, and third round of the draft. So even then, it's not its not even an excuse that you can have, well, you know, there was nobody in the second round, or in the third round, or in the first. No, there were. You just didn't want to pick him. Starting off with Jordan Love. I have this rule about quarterbacks. Um, I don't mind it if they sit for a year. But after that year, they should be playing. Excuse me. I just farted. I had some pasta with Parmesan cheese, and I'm lactose intolerant. Intolerant. Sorry about that. Anyways, <coughs> moving forward. I'm just disgusting. Um, with the with the Green Bay Packers. Now, you have value in the first... You can add value in the first, second, and third round. You just have to look for it. Right? It's not just about, well, oh my God, there's nobody there. There's nobody there. I can't... I couldn't get anybody. 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 I dropped to the 30th pick. Well, let's take a gander at that. Let's take a gander at who you could have gotten. If I refer back to my uh, my list of picks that I liked. In the first round. Could have gotten Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You could have gotten, excuse me, Jeff Gladney. Gladney, excuse me. You could have gotten Patrick Queen. Because remember, you traded up in 20, for the 26th pick in the draft. Couldn't have gotten Kenneth Murray. Couldn't have gotten freaking Jalen Rager. Think you could have gotten Brandon Ayuk? Think so? I don't know. Could have gotten him. Couldn't have. Hell, you could have. You you could have moved up in the draft and gotten one of those big guys, C.D. Lamb. You traded away your second rounder, moved up in the first. Said, "Hey, Atlanta, you want our second rounder? We'll move up in the first round. We'll take your 16th spot. Here you go. Here's our second rounder. We take C.D. Lamb at number 16th overall. You like that? Because I love that. They're like." We'll take Jordan Love. Jordan Love, if all things go according to plan, won't see the football field for the next three to four years. Doesn't take that long to develop a quarterback. Does not take three to four years. Takes a year, maybe at worst, two years. You may have to move off of Aaron Rodgers prematurely. And isn't it ironic that this whole Michael Jordan last dance, this whole you know concept of, oh, ending dynasties, too early. Isn't that ironic that that's being played right as a dynasty is ending in Green Bay? Aaron Rodgers, one of the best Packers of all time, if not the best Packer, besides Vince Lombardi, obviously. They're booting him out the door, and they found him replace his replacement before he's even before. Like he's like, I want to play into my forties. Green Bay Packers are like, not with us. You are. Aaron Rodgers is like, dude. You realize that Minnesota, they don't have a quarterback. You do realize Minnesota just got Justin Jefferson, right? You you do realize that, right? You do realize Mike Zimmer is a really, really nice head coach. You do realize they have Gary Kubiak, right? You do realize Minnesota is probably one of the best organizations in our division, but because of their quarterback, they stink. You do realize that, right? 
you do realize that Aaron, not Aaron, Kirk Cousins has a couple more years on his contract. You want to boot me out when his contract is over with? I'd be Gucci. You want to put in Jordan Love? I'd be Gucci. You want to roll with him? I'd be Gucci. You want to lose with him when I come in, when I come in from Minnesota and I spank you guys in Green Bay? I'd be Gucci. Matt LaFleur, you fucked up. I don't know, gun of cunts. You fucked up. I'm not even an Aaron Rodgers fan. I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I'm a Cowboy fan. I'm like, you guys fucked up. You wanted to get rid of your best football player, then do it when he's ready to be gotten rid of. His play has been declining. I know that. Everybody knows that. But I still think even after his play would have fallen off until he got, in, until he got to his 40s, I still think he would have been a top 10 quarterback in this league. I don't think he would have been as good as Dak Prescott. I think he would have fallen, yes, that far because what a surprise, Dak Prescott is a pretty damn good quarterback. Let me tell you something, man. This whole this whole nonsense of let's get Jordan Love because he has a big arm and that's it. Let's get rid of Aaron Rodgers because he's old and that's it. It's like, have you looked at either one of their play styles? And when you look at, sorry, when you look at Jordan Love, when you look at him, when you look at what they did in this draft, not even getting a wide receiver. They got A.J. Dillon. Why did you get a wide receiver a running back in the second round? Why? Explain that one to me. Please tell me, Denzel. Let me refer back to, my, to, 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 to when players were taken. Please, for the love of God, tell me that Denzel Mims was not on that board and you could have stolen Denzel Mims. Thank God he was taken. 59th overall to the Jets. They were picking 62nd overall. Three spots later. A.J. Dillon. It's like, don't you need an offensive lineman because Balaga, didn't he leave in free agency? Don't you need more offensive, not offensive line, but wide receiver help? Because all of your best wide receivers just left? I don't, like, like another scorned Packer. He could go to Minnesota. And do you want to know something interesting? Minnesota is going to welcome him with open arms. It's like, we get Aaron Rodgers instead of Kirk Cousins? <laughs> yes, please. Like, Jordan Love, man. Really? Like, let's spend a first-round draft pick. You guys were in the NFC. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't think they understand just how good they were last year. They were in the NFC championship game. And as much as Aaron Rodgers' play had a lot to do with, his, with their inability to get to the Super Bowl, by golly, man, were they close. One game away. Just one. And they're like, we're ready to smash this thing wide open. Why not just give it another shot? They're like, nope. We're ready to move on. And you know what? Either this is going to accelerate the process even more, and Aaron Rodgers is going to be as pissed and as scorned as, as a woman, 
and he's just not going to play well and you're going to stink next year? Or this is going to give you every reason to not put Jordan Love on the football field and be like, dang it. Aaron Rodgers has a good four, maybe five years left. Being in the top ten. Maybe we shouldn't have tried to get rid maybe we shouldn't have tried to have gotten rid of him. Green Bay's in for some trouble. Green Bay's in for some trouble. You know, the funny thing is, I have two NFC North teams and team drafts that I don't like. It's And I have the other two teams, Minnesota and the Lions, the only two teams in that division uh, to not win a Super Bowl. I, I like their draft picks. Isn't that interesting? The guys that win are now losing. Guys that were great at one point in time, their symbols, their, their, you know, their signias, their, their, what, what is it? Their mascots, their, you know, the Packers, it meant something to be a Packer. It meant something to be a bear. Now it's like, they're a joke. They are a joke. It's like the Bears and the Packers are a joke. The Vikings and the Lions, they just got better. They got better. Especially Minnesota. They just got Justin Jefferson. Probably the best slot receiver in the entire draft. Some people said he's better than Jerry Judy. They got his ass. Great job, Green Bay. Great job. Again, you could have leveraged that second rounder to pick his ass up for Aaron Rodgers. Or Brandon Ayuk. Or Michael Pittman Jr. Said you go up, get yourself Jordan Love. Nobody, if if we're honest, nobody was going to draft him in the first round. Just how it is. Maybe the Patriots, maybe. But nobody, nobody was going to get him in the first round. Nobody wanted him. Why? Because when you look at the tape, tape tells you everything you need to know. Big arm. Big risk. A big arm with a big risk. <sighs> Triple F minus for the Green Bay Packers. You failed on three parts. You failed at getting a wide receiver. You failed your quarterback by not addressing the um the uh, the 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 offensive line situation. Then worse yet, you failed the quarterback again by drafting a quarterback. Triple F. Minus. In fact, triple L minus. You took three L's. Jesus Christ. Talk about getting finessed. Talk about getting fleeced. Who is my next person that I'm... Oh, yeah, the Eagles. I'm like, who... I'm like, I'm, I'm looking around at this tab. I'm like, who am I supposed to be roasting next? Oh, yeah, the Eagles. <laughs> Let me take a swig. Ah, gosh. All right, all right, all right. Eagles. What went wrong with the Eagles? What went right with the Eagles? Well, they got they got a wide receiver. They got him. Jalen Rager out of TCU. 
Uh, that's a great pickup for them. Speedster, burner, especially when you look at what the Dallas Cowboys just did. We'll talk about that in a second, but um, for a moment, I want you to kind of have this in a picture. Uh, Dallas is going to definitely play more press instead of zone. Thank God. I hate it whenever Dallas plays like this 10, gives this 10 yard freaking cushion to wide receivers and just say, hey, we're, we'll just rush the passer and you can have the under routes. And it's like everybody's just running comebacks and, and just running back to the ball. There's eight yards right there. It's like, can we play a coverage that works where they don't gash us and our offense sits on the sideline for like 15 minutes and they can't score for like a full quarter? And it's like, well, then then you guys are like, oh my God, we spent like an hour on the football field and our offense has to score like 30 points in 20-something minutes because we can't get off the damn football field because we can't generate turnovers and we can't win football games because the defense can't generate turnovers and put the offense a high-powered freaking Ferrari that is Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup on the offense on the football field. I don't know how that turned into a rant with Dallas, but I, I, damn it, I can find a way to get the Dallas Cowboys into any conversation, can I? Sorry about that. <clears throat> but they got Jalen Rager in the first round. Okay, uh, I, I love the pick originally. Now I'm kind of like, why? Don't you have Deshaun Jackson? I mean, seriously, like you only need one burner, one speedster. On a team. I know Kansas City has a bunch of track team. A bunch of dudes that are pretty much a track team. How many thousand thousand yard wide receivers do they have on their team? Excuse me. Let me look. Let me look. I'm going to go on their website. Let me check out their numbers. This is... For science, let's just check out their wide receivers here. Because I'm interested in in it myself. All right. Travis Kelsey had over 1,000. In fact, he had 1,200 yards. Tyreek Hill had 860. Sammy Watkins, 773. Demarcus Robinson, 449. Damian Williams, 213. LaShawn McCoy, 181. Load more. McCole Hardman, 538. Darrell Williams, 167. Byron Pringle, 170. Darwin, okay, so just not even 100 for most of these other guys. Right? How many yards did Patrick Mahomes have? He had over 4,000 yards. 1,200 go to, what's his face? I'm like, I'm like one of the best tight ends in the league. Travis Kelsey, another 800, so there's 2,000. He had 4,000, right? So there's half and two players. 600 goes to, almost 700 really, goes to Sammy Watkins. Another 400 goes to Demarcus Robinson, so there's another 1,000. And then 200, 500, and another 100 go to Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy, and then Miko Hardman, and I think... That's what, 800? 800 yards out of... So that's so now we're at 3,400. 3,800 out of 4,000. Another 160. Another 170. Bada bing, bada boom. There's Patrick Mahomes is 4,000 plus yards. So, 
And then he has some other guys like Matt Moore throwing for 659, but it's like, for the most part, the numbers line up with what they're saying, right? Patrick Mahomes threw 4,000 yards. Some of the other guys threw for 600 and blah, 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 but you can find the numbers here, right? Patrick Mahomes has a track team. Doesn't really have a lot of 1,000-yard wide receivers. Want to know why? He runs a West Coast offense. And more importantly, you want to know also the thing about having a bunch of 1,000-yard wide receivers? Check this out. Or not a lot, or excuse me, less than 1,000-yard wide receivers. Most of these guys are going to be burning, so they're going to have 14 yards per reception. They're going to have four touchdowns, right? But they're not really going to have the production that you're going to want. Like this guy, Demarcus Robinson, if I said to you he has 14 yards per reception, four touchdowns, but he only has 449 yards, 32 receptions. You're like, what the fuck happened to this guy? I'll tell you, he's a burner. He's a speedster. But guess what he doesn't do? He doesn't necessarily catch the intermediate balls, the the short routes, the stuff like that. It's more Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey that are going to be doing that legwork. So even though Patrick Mahomes is a point guard of a ball distributor, distributor, excuse me, he doesn't necessarily have some of the tools that are just going to freaking just run a slant, run a comeback. Those are Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill responsibilities. So it's like, yes, they did get a bunch of speed. I like strength, and I like hands, and I like route running better. But they got Jalen Rager, and they doubled it up. Then they got one of the worst draft picks in the draft, Jalen Hurts. And he's not a bad draft pick. He, he, he probably is a second-rounder, borderline first-rounder, in my opinion. I was watching, again, Oklahoma versus Texas today. I wanted to kill. I wanted to. I wanted to <laughs> I'm like, I wanted to kill something. I'm like, I wanted to kill an ant today. Like, man, I wanted to cause myself no harm because I'm like, it's damn it, it's that football team. They stink, man. Texas, damn it, you stink, Texas. You stink, UT. I hate you. I'm from Central, I'm from Georgetown. I'm from Weir, Texas. Weir is like a couple of miles outside of Georgetown, which is why I always say I'm from Georgetown instead of Weir. But god damn it, I'm from Georgetown. And god damn Damn it, I know. I, I'm, I'm in Central Texas. Everybody in Central Texas is a UT fan. Everybody wears those burnt orange shirts. And you guys stink up the joint on an annual basis. Makes me sad to be from Central Texas. It literally makes me sad and embarrassed to be a Texan. And that's impossible. Because Texas is the, the greatest state of all time. And one of the best countries, if not the best countries of all time. On the best planet of all time. We're the best. And I have to deal with Texas's butt. They stink. Anyways, I don't even know why I'm talking about Texas football. Oh yeah, because J- uh, I was talking about Justin uh, Jalen Hurts, excuse me. But um, Jalen Hurts is a great pickup if you want a quarterback. Um, and, and I've read the reports, I've read, uh, and I have a quote from, what's his face, I think the quarterback director or the quarterback coach of Philadelphia, they said, <clears throat> they said this dumbass quote, they said, I think at some point, one of the big things will be having multiple people on the field who can throw the ball, that's something going forward, you've seen the Philly special, you've, and as I roll my eyes at reading, you've seen the Philly special, You've seen all different versions of double passes. I think at some point I can see something like that coming into play. Flea flickers, like, all right, well, that's not a flea flicker, but like double passes and like the Julian Edelman pass, but it's it's a play. 
It's not a it's not a formation that you take out on the football field. And Julian Edelman is a quarterback that like I, I feel like Julian Edelman sometimes gets gets like gets this underestimation, like how great he is. Just like everybody's like, oh okay, anybody can just turn into one of the best slot receivers of all time, um, one of the best playoff receivers of all time, just by like going in and freaking working out and and, and 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 driving to a city for, you know, six months and converting yourself from... No, he had to put in real work before and after he got into the league. He's a very... He's, he's one of the best wide receivers of all time, Julian Edelman. He doesn't get the credit. This whole notion that... And, and apparently the archetype that they compare Jalen Hurts to is Taysom Hill. And I looked up Taysom Hill's numbers because I was very, very curious about Taysom Hill. And I came to find out, oh my God, his catch percentage, his touchdown to interception ratio, not touchdown to interception ratio because I did, I can't find his, his, um, his, what, what, what are his, what are his passing numbers? Let me just look that up too. Because I know, I have everything else. What are his throwing numbers? Taysom Hill stats. Oh, beautiful. Oh, beautiful. I got everything that I need here, right? So, Taysom Hill, he's a great running back if you're going to use him like that. He's a great wide receiver if you're going to use him like that. Check this out. He's had, uh, where's his touchdowns? Two touchdowns in 2018, one touchdown in 2019 on the ground, right? But here's the big difference, right? 42% catch percentage receiving. That means how many uh, how many balls are coming his way he catches. That was in 2018. In 2019, 86.4%. And that means that he's catching 86% of things that Drew Brees is throwing to him, right? But then on top of that, you look at this. This is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my entire life. He's not even a wide receiver. Six touchdowns through the air, ladies and gentlemen. And Philadelphia, they're looking at that and they're like, oh my God, we can use that. We can use that. Right? Wrong. I just looked up his throwing numbers. Taysom Hill in 2018 42% completion percentage, 64 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, 36.3 passer rating, significantly below average. Okay? Continuing forward. 2019, this last season, 50% completion percentage, significantly below average. It's supposed to be 60%. And yes, 10% difference matters in the league. 55 yards, terrible. Zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, 81.9 passer rating, significantly below average once again. And you want to you want to give you want to give him a cookie? You want to say, "Oh, Taysom Hill's the future." Taysom Hill is the future, right? Cuz those numbers they scream starting quarterback in this league, right? And I know a lot of people are like, "Well, he can become a, a starting quarterback. He can." Be- I'm not I'm not standing in front of that. But if you're telling me the way that they are using Taysom Hill as a quarterback, a runner, and as a wide receiver, he only functions as a wide receiver on offense. He's more of a special teams player. He's not a wide receiver. He's not a running back. He had one touchdown on the ground last year. And it's like, this is what you want? He was an undrafted free agent. You'll take six touchdowns from an undrafted free agent. Easily his best year last year. He's been in the league for three years, dude. And you want to formulate an offense off of one year's worth of success. Because remember, this is the only year where he has had more than two touchdowns. 
Two. Two. Ladies and gentlemen. And you're like, oh, that's the next big thing. We'll draft Jalen Hurts. That is literally what they just did. They're like, oh, one good year. We're modeling our offense off of that. What? Right? But then on top of that, people are like, well, well, God, well, well, golly, well, golly, all Wally. Oh, gee whiz. We could get a backup quarterback for Carson Wentz, a legitimate one that we don't have to pay anymore. Hey, hey, dumbass. Hey, dumbass. Hey, dumbass. Maybe you don't pay your quarterback $33 million if he's injury prone. We really, really like what we did with Carson Wentz. We really, really like what our what we paid for Carson Wentz. It's like, what? You like that you just paid over $100 million for Carson Wentz? What are you talking about? That's a horrible trade. Not even a horrible trade. That's a horrible signing for Carson Wentz. You just overpaid for a quarterback that you now have to freaking get somebody to protect him for. Protect him with. Some insurance policy. Jalen Hurts. Everybody's like, well, oh my gosh, you know, he can come in and he can play some games and blah, 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 blah. You know, if they had Jalen Hurts, you know, uh, Jeff, what's his name? Josh McCown had a freaking torn hamstring or something like that. It's like, oh my God, Jalen Hurts, if he was there, oh my God, he would be so fantastic for us. It's like, well, pause. Think about what you just said. Isn't that exactly why you got Nick Foles in the first place? Isn't that exactly why you had to kick out Nick Foles because he came in and won a Super Bowl for you and you had to make a decision on Carson Wentz and Nick Foles and you chose Carson Wentz and now you're trying to get another quarterback for Carson Wentz in the second round and Jalen Hurts and if he he comes in and if he plays well and pretty much I think anybody could, damn it, I think anybody could come in and win football games for you. Considering some of the competition that you played in against the, the last, in the last season, or not in the last season, but in the last couple of games, this year, you get to go up against Green Bay. This year, you get to go up against the 49ers, and Seattle, and the Rams, and the Cardinals this year. This year, you get to go up against the AFC North. And you also get to play up against the Saints this year. That's your reward for being number one. Let's see, and everybody keeps on telling me, oh my God, well, you know, Carson Wentz and the Eagles, they're going to win the division this year because he was able to win the division last year against teams that fired their head coaches at the end of the season with practice squad players. And I say to them, um, he's playing up against last year guys and teams that were discombobulated, horribly coached, and also injured. Everybody wants to talk about how Carson Wentz's team was injured. Nobody wants to talk about how Dak Prescott was injured. And that Amari Cooper was injured. And Tyron Smith was injured. And nobody wants to talk about that we lost one of our best defensive linemen on the league. Not in the league, but on our team. And Tyron Crawford last year. Nobody wants to talk about that last year. Everybody wants to talk about, oh, woe is me. Carson Wentz. He's not going to get a free pass next year. He's not going to get a free pass next year. He's going up against first place scheduled teams. And I guarantee you, because of what Dallas did in this draft, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, Dallas is going to be on on prime time. They're going to be on prime time like they've never been before. They're, every, they're going to be sold out. 
The show is, the, the, the boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. You know, they're going to be on every single primetime game. Cleveland is going to be renegated once again. They're not going to be, they're going to be, it's going to be another 10 years before Cleveland gets put on Sunday night because they stunk up the joint for the last year. I can't believe I predicted that Cleveland was going to the playoffs last year. They're not going back again. They're not going to be on primetime. Dallas is going to be put on primetime, and you know what? I can't wait for them to play up against the Philadelphia Eagles with an actual head coach and more weapons and a better defense that's better coached. I can't wait to see how well Carson Wentz can do with a bunch of uh, a practice squad players, or in this case, a bunch of burners. By the way, I've seen this before. I've seen teams try to have a bunch of burners, and everybody keeps on making the dumb mistake that I've seen time and time again. Everybody keeps on trying to tell me, well, 24, he's like Patrick Mahomes. He has the talent like Patrick Mahomes, and blah, 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 blah. And every single time I see this, I'm like, wrong pause you are so incredibly wrong because people always wear rose tinted glasses when referring to Carson Wentz everybody wants to be like well oh my god he's he's exactly like Patrick Mahomes oh my god he is so much like Patrick Mahomes the issue is with Carson Wentz he is not like Patrick Mahomes he's not even on the same level he if if they were if if they were boats Patrick Mahomes would be a carnival cruise liner, and Patrick and, and freaking Carson Wentz would be a dinghy. He would be a joke of a boat comparatively to Patrick Mahomes, the monster that is. Dak Prescott, by the way, is somewhere in between where he would be probably a, uh, maybe not a carnival cruise liner, but maybe a, a yacht, you know, an, an expensive yacht, like a $250 million yacht, you know? I mean, Dak Prescott is a pretty good quarterback. I'm not going to lie to you. Lamar Jackson, he, would, he wouldn't even be a boat. He would be an F-16, you know, speedster, breaking the speed of sound. He wouldn't even be a boat. But Dak Prescott, he would be a $250 million yacht. Carson Wentz would be a dinghy. He would be a dinghy with expectations. Like, oh my God, I can't, I can't believe that boat didn't turn out to be a yacht. That's essentially Carson Wentz. Everybody keeps on trying to tell me. He's Patrick Mahomes. No, he ain't. No, he ain't. He hasn't shown that he can stay healthy. He hasn't shown the arm talent. He hasn't shown the accuracy. He hasn't shown the, uh, the poise. He hasn't shown the ability to distribute the ball to different wide receivers and different tight ends. It's only Zach Ertz or Buzz. Some people are going to talk about the undrafted free agents that he had to that he had to play with, the converted quarterback, and blah blah blah. And I referred to you horribly coached teams. They all fired their teams. If he went up against good teams, and if he did that, okay, you have my attention. But I'm not going to applaud him for beating bad teams. Just not. Just not. Not even bad teams, but teams that are having bad seasons. Not going to do that. Not going to kiss his ass. People wanted. People want to qualify that statement. Fine. Let's see him do it again. He's got weapons now. He's got weapons, quote-unquote. And again, this is the mistake that Dallas made in 2018, getting a bunch of speedsters for Dak Prescott. Dallas said, oh my God, you know, we're going to make a Dak-friendly offense. You know what's friendly to your quarterback? Getting a number one wide receiver who's actually reliable and who can actually consistently get separation and make sure that the quarterback can, can, can have a friendly face or friendly hands in this case to get to the dang on football with. Is Jalen Rager going to be one of those guys? And like I was referring to with Dallas, I think a couple, like 20, 30 minutes ago, Dallas is going to play a bunch of press coverage. So these guys are going to be able to get behind the line of scrimmage, but do you want, not behind the line of scrimmage, behind the defense. But at the same token, and at the same time, guess what? Picks are going to occur because of it. As I literally say, picks, 
Jameis Winston appears on my TV throwing some picks. Lovely. Lovely. But they got Jalen Rager. The Eagles, they got Jalen Rager. They got Jalen Hurts as well. Imagine if Carson Wentz goes down gets hurt. Jalen Hurts comes in. And he plays for the Eagles. And he does a better job than the Eagles. Let's say Carson Wentz is out for three, four weeks. And the Eagles are struggling because they're playing up against a first-place schedule. And they get blasted out of the front door by the Dallas Cowboys. What's going to happen then? Do you sub out Jalen? And, and especially if Carson Wentz starts playing badly. They got booed this year. By the Philadelphia crowd. Like. How do you. How, how? How are you going to tell me that this team and the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win the division when they barely won it and Dallas was on their last breath? Not just at quarterback, at wide receiver, because both of those guys were hurt and the offensive line was hurt. Travis Frederick was like, that, that last year was not my best year. I couldn't, I, like, I wasn't playing at the level that I was playing at. Demarcus Lawrence had a bad year. Jalen Smith had a bad year. The secondary, one of the worst in the league. The defense, one of the worst in the league when it comes to turnovers. And you want to hang your hat on Carson Wentz winning that division that season when Dallas, their main competitor, was not at their best? When they had a horrific head coach? And you want to then tell me that the way that you respond to have to 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 that season where you barely win the division when everybody was playing at their worst, your response is, let's go speedster number one when we have a speedster, Jalen Hurts number two, so we can implement a system in Taysom Hill or a system that that is like Taysom Hill, even though Taysom Hill has only had one good year in the pro scene. We just looked up his numbers. One year where he has had more than two touchdowns. And that was last year. Great special team player. Great tackler. Great gunner. He's blocked punts. And I think kicks. He's a great He's a great special teams guy. He's a great Swiss Army knife. But you cannot have a fucking jack of all trades in the league. That's why receivers, they catch the football. And running backs run the football. And quarterbacks throw the football. Dedicate more time to one specific thing. You can't be spread out. Cause you'll 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 never be able to get to the height 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 I don't know the top of that position the peak Jalen Hurts number two I'm only on their second round pick I I almost hate every other draft pick that they have Kayvon Wallace in the fourth round that's a good pickup good pickup Clemson safety Davon Taylor not a fan. Jack Driscoll, tackle out of Auburn, good pick. John Hightower out of Boise State in the fifth round. That's great value, great pickup by them. Sean Bradley, Kez Watkins, good pickup. Prince Tega out of Auburn, tackle for depth. Casey Tuhill, edge. Problem is with the first three rounds. Problem is with who you picked. Problem is with your philosophy going forward. Probably needed more weapons in the first round. Probably could have gotten, for example, Brandon Ayuk 
or Michael Pittman Jr. That really would have offset that. Can't just have speed, man. Dallas tried that in 2018, and I know I stopped and I started with this story with how Dallas had a bunch of speedsters, and Jerry Jones said, we're going to have a Dak-friendly offense. He didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. And uh, they got a bunch of guys named uh, Tavon Austin and Deontay Thompson. They got speed guys. They got two speed guys, actually. Let me look up. I'm saying Thompson numbers. Let me also look up Tavon Austin. So that way you can understand where I'm coming from here. Beautiful. Beautiful. How fast did Tavon Austin run? Oh, four three four. The dude ran a four three four. He was booking it. They compared him to random uh, Randall Cobb. That was his comp. Ran a forty. Beautiful job. Got Deontay Thompson. Got Tavon's numbers right here. Wow. <clears throat> so Dallas thought, well, okay, if we just get a bunch of fast guys, a bunch of burners, Dak Prescott will be able to ta- take the top off the defense, right? That's the theory, right? Because, um, you know, only fast guys are able to take the top off the defense, you know, not slow guys. And as a matter of fact, I'll just pull up. Let me pull up. Some other Cowboys. Let me be careful about this. I'll pull up. Yeah, you know, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do the cliche thing. Pull up this guy's numbers. I'll pull up this guy's numbers. Then I'll pull up this guy's numbers. Okay, so let's start off with Deontay Thompson. Let's look at it like this. So Deontay Thompson, over his career, keep in mind, he ran a very, very fast 40. What was his draft time, NFL.com? What was his draft time? They got nothing. Let's go to his combine stats. 40 time. How fast did he run? He ran a 4-3-1. Boy, was he cooking. Right? Wow, that's fast. That's really, really fast, right? Want to know how his pro career ended up? Want to know, want to take a shot? Right? His pro career, keep in mind, This is his entire career since 2012, all the way up to, looks like about 2018, where they were like, we're done. And in fact, he was cut by Dallas the same year that they got him. That's how done Dallas was. That's how done 
uh, uh, Buffalo was because I think he also got cut as well. Deontay Thompson, 2012, 2018, about seven years. 94 receptions, 1,193 yards, 12.7 yards per catch, four touchdowns. Now, for a season, that's fantastic, especially if you're a rookie. The issue is, is that he's a pro. That is his, this is his career numbers. In that context, that's fucking terrible. And he's a speedster, quote unquote. In Dallas, he had 124 yards, eight receptions, 14 targets. Dak, he had 15 yards, he had 15.5 yards per game. Dak is a dude that will throw you th- that will throw you the football if you are open. This nonsense of, well, if we get him this guy, Deontay Thompson, it'll work out. Right. And some people will be like, well, you know, like, like you gotta, you gotta have so, like 24, you know, what about Dak Prescott? He's gotta be, he's gotta be able to throw the football to anyone. Right. Carson Wentz was, this is a practice squad player, a below average practice squad player. And he was a starter or not a starter, a rotational player for us. Moving on to Tavon, right? So Tavon, <clears throat> Tavon. He spent five years with the Rams, 2013, 14, 15, 16, and then 17. Five years. Again, the most yards he had was 434. It looks like he had, no, that's his rushing attempts. He was a rusher. But he had 52 receptions, 58 receptions. 509 yards, he had three touchdowns in 2016, but 473 yards, five touchdowns in 2015. Those are his best two years. He's never been a 1,000-yard wide receiver. He's had some years where both rushing and receiving have been kind of, you know, uh, he's been kind of a hybrid, but Dallas tried to use him both as a rusher and as a as a freaking pass catcher. Did not work out whatsoever. He is also a burner. I think he ran, what did he run? 4-3-4. He was the 4-3-4. In Dallas, two years, three touchdowns, four touchdowns. Not even close to 500 yards. Total, by the way. He's a burner, 4-3-4. It's not, and Michael Irvin kind of broke it down. <clears throat> he said, there's a reason why um, there isn't a Hall of Fame wide receiver who's had less than a 4-3-0 at the combine. And that's because having higher than that, having a 4-20-something 40 time at a wide receiver, specifically for that position, you have uncontrollable speed. You'll never hit that top speed when running around. It's not like you're going in and out of your brakes at a 4-2-4, at a 4-2-8. Henry Ruggs' speed. Or John Ross's speed, right? You'll never go in and out of your brakes like that. That's impossible. You need to be, it's not just about being fast. It's about being agilic. It's about lowering those hips, changing the your direction, you know, being elusive 
as a wide receiver. Check this out. I looked this up. Just for the Eagles, specifically. Because I'm, I'm such a caring person. Because the Eagles, they gave us C.D. Lamb. I'm like, let me just help out the Eagles. Let me show you something. Let me show you how many wide receivers. If I find it. Here we go. Let me show you some of the wide receivers that had um, 40 times. That were pretty low and pretty slow. <clears throat> Larry Fitzgerald, 4.63 seconds. Career stats, 1,018 receptions, 13,366 yards, excuse me, 98 touchdowns. He's one of the best of all time, ladies and gentlemen. 4.63. He's a Hall of Famer. He's almost 40. He's still a great one. Want to know why he can still play football? Even when he is reaching for the bottom of the barrel for anything that he has left? It's not because he's fast. It's because he is technical. Jerry writes, 471, the greatest wide receiver of all time, one of the best football players of all time. 1,549 receptions, 22,000, not 2,000, correct myself, 24, get it together, 24, let's make sure we get this correct, uh, 22,895 receiving yards, 197 touchdowns, 471, that was his combine. Chris Carter, 463, 1,101 receptions, 13,899 yards, 130 uh, touchdowns. Anquan Bolden, 471 yard, uh, not 471, 4.740, 1,000 yards, um, 12,000, not 1,000 yards. Oh my God, get it together. 1,009 receptions, 12,195 receiving yards, 74 touchdowns. Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, as he is well known. 4.57, 40, 766 yards, or, oh my God, 766 receptions, 11,000 yards, 67 touchdowns. Brandon Lloyd, 4.62, Heinz Ward, 4.55, Brandon Marshall, 4.52, Des Bryant, 4.52, and Antonio Brown, 4.74. But they ran slow 40 times, right? Let's take a look at some of the fastest guys. These guys, they ran 428. So you you know Jalen Myrick, J.J. Nelson, Demarcus Van Dyke, Jacoby Ford, Champ Bailey. Technically, you know, I'm like, technically, you know, Champ Bailey. All right. Well, I guess that's one of the guys because he's a Hall of Famer. Welcome Bailey to Canton. The oh, this was before Champ Bailey because Champ Bailey was in the 2019. So technically, I was still right, and technically Michael Irvin was still right. But all right, Champ Bailey. You know, I'll 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 put an asterisk next to it. But I was like Champ Bailey. I was like, wait a second. Michael Irvin said this before. Champ Bailey was a Hall of Famer, but he was literally inducted into the Hall of Fame last year. So technically, I was right. Technically, I was wrong too. Technically. We'll put an asterisk next to that. But yes, Champ Bailey, he ran a 4.28. But he's the only one. Stanford route. He ran a 4.72. A 
a 4.27, excuse me, not 7.2, 4.27. You remember Stanford route, right? What about Marquise Goodwin? 4.7, 4.27, right? You know him. 49ers just traded him away to the to the Philadelphia Eagles. You don't know his stats. You don't know his numbers. He played in a Super Bowl. How fast did he, how, how many stats, how, how good do you think his stats are? And I pulled up his stats, uh, I think on Sunday. How good do you think his stats are? He's been playing in the league since, I think, 2013. Yep, played with the Bills. How many, how many yards do you think he has? Because he's a burner. Because everybody says speed kills. How many yards? He's got 2,323. In almost 10 years. Chad Johnson, almost 10 years, had almost five times that. He's got 186 last year, one touchdown. He's got 395 uh, two years ago, four touchdowns. He's got 962, probably his best year, but he only has two touchdowns. And then he had three zero zero three, and then he had, and then he's never had a thousand yard season. Seven years in the league, ladies and gentlemen. Seven years. One of the fastest forty times of all time. Not a thousand yard wide receiver. But oh wait, there's more. Because he was tied for 7th. Jerome Mattis. You know him? 4.26. Burner. Dree Archer. 4.26. Ronald Mendez. 4.24, right? You know him. What about Chris Johnson? 4.24. Hmm. Is he a running back? That doesn't count. That's not fair. Wait, 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 wait. Is this wide receivers? Or is this... Hold on. I'm tripping. Champ Bailey isn't a wide receiver. Yeah. Like, Champ Bailey isn't a corner. So I'm right. Once again. I specifically said, just like Michael... I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, Champ Bailey... I'm like, Champ Bailey's not a wide receiver. So is it Chris Johnson? So I was technically right. That's my fault for not recognizing I'm like who I'm talking about. I apologize, Champ Bailey. Technically, I'm still, damn it, right. Chris Johnson. What were his numbers? I'm like, when I saw that Chris Johnson had like almost 10,000 rushing yards, I'm like, dude, no. Come on. Like, that ain't fair. <clears throat> but yeah, Chris Johnson, he ran a fast 40 time as well. Champ Bailey as well, one of the best corners in the league of all time. Chris Johnson, and again, this only applies to wide receivers. This doesn't. This obviously doesn't apply to every single position, which is why I tried to specifically find wide receivers. And I thought this was specifically wide receivers, but it turns out it, it was not. Specifically, wide receivers. But you know John Ross, right? Ran the fastest 40 time on record of 4 2 2 40. He must be really going over the top and killing defenses, right? He must be. 
man, shoot, he must have a thousand yards, right? He must have buckets. He must get a lot of yards. 716 in two years. He's got 10 touchdowns, which is great. 716 in two years. 4-2-2. It's not just that speed kills. You have to have controllable speed, ladies and gentlemen. I got other guys as well. I know that this is a long analogy, and I've like kind of, you know, just, I mean, we're talking two hours, 20-something minutes, you know, into the podcast, but I thought that I really needed to hammer home this point. I got some more guys. These are perennial 1,000-yard wide receivers, right? 2018, this guy had 507 yards. He had two touchdowns. In 2019, this guy had, had a career year, 66 receptions, even though he dropped a lot of passes, 1,107 yards. No, this is not Amari Cooper. He had uh, six touchdowns. He had a 62-yard reception. Want to know who that guy was? By the way, last year was his second year in the league. This next year is his third. Want to know who this guy is? He ran a, what was this, 42, 40-yard? Please tell me it's 40. His 40 time was, oh, you're going to love this. It was a 4-5-1. This guy can certainly take the top over. By the way, his combine draft, good backup who could become a starter. He's already a starter. 451, 40, uh, 40-yard 40 time. Perennial 1,000-yard wide receiver. Great number two to Dak Prescott in the Dallas Cowboys. No, it is not Amari Cooper. Yes, it is Michael Gallup. He can take the top off the defense. He can run crisp, nice, clean routes. He can get great separation for Dak Prescott for some weird reasons. His hands turn into freaking China glass this year because they could not catch anything that was thrown his way. But yes, he's a thousand. He's a, and he has six touchdowns too. He was great last year when he caught the football. The next guy actually is Amari Cooper. 700, and I'll only read Dak, uh, <coughs> Dallas's numbers. 725 yards. Uh, the the longest touchdown he had. By the, by the way, this is his first season, so he he came in obviously in the back end of of um of the season, seven hundred twenty five yards. But he still had six touchdowns that next year. Better year, even while he was freaking destroyed because he was hurt. Seventy nine receptions, one thousand one hundred eighty nine yards. He had a fifty three long uh, long catch and eight touchdowns. That's Amari Cooper. Want to guess how fast he ran? He ran a 4-4-2. So he was fast. He was pretty fast. Wasn't like a 4-3 guy. And this other guy I got here. <clears throat> let, me, let me pull up his numbers. You may or may not know this guy. Uh, you know, some people, you know, they were like, well, you know, he, you know, we'll see. We'll see about this guy. He's not in the league yet, but everybody's very, very excited about this guy. Including myself, I'm not gonna lie. He ran four five flat forty. This guy, because he came in this year in college, eight hundred and seven yards in his freshman year, seven touchdowns, one thousand one hundred and fifty eight yards in his sophomore year, eleven touchdowns, one thousand three hundred and twenty seven yards 
and uh, 14 touchdowns in his junior year, ladies and gentlemen. You guessed it. That is the slow wide receiver in CeeDee Lamb. Speed matters, but it's being a route technician, having great hands. Because if you can't catch the football, you can't go anywhere. Doesn't matter if how great of a route you ran, can't catch the football, can't do anything. <coughs> but it's about being technician, having great hands, being able to come down with the football, being able to get separation. As much as people want to be like the window with uh, the, that the NFL within the NFL is a lot smaller than it is in college, guess freaking what? Chris Carter, Randy Moss, Des Bryant, maybe not Des because he's a 50-50 guy, but there are the best guys, the best, even Antonio Brown, Jerry Rice, they sometimes had 10 yards of separation because they could just take the top off the defense and get behind dudes and just beat up on people. And on top of that, they could shift it into a high gear. They could go in, they could have an extra gear. They could have an extra burst. They could have a higher top speed in game than in the combine because they, you know, they, they work out a lot more, not work out a lot more, but they, they, they specifically focus on certain things in the NFL. They develop you as a player, not just on the football field, but in the gym when you got to lift weights, they make sure you're stronger, better, faster, smarter. Make sure that you're adept at going into the league and becoming a great football player for whatever team that you're playing on. In this particular case, for CeeDee Lamb, he may fill out. He may become a bigger dude. He may become faster. He may shave off .05 seconds and have a 4.45 in his prime of his career. A 4.45.40, Right? But see, everybody gets locked in and laser-focused into speed. And that's exactly what happened to the Philadelphia Eagles. They were like, well, got to get speed, got to get speed, got to get speed. Got to freaking find my tab where I was where, where I was, trapped, <laughs> where I was tracking the draft. Got to get speed. They got John Hightower. They got Jalen Hurts, or Jalen Rager, excuse me. They got, uh, what's his name? DJ, uh, Deshaun Jackson back. They're going to get him back. They're going to go up against a defense that's going to be more impressed. They got Kez Watkins. They're going to be up against a defense in Dallas where they're going to allow more big plays to happen. But guess what? They're going to get more picks as well. And these time, and, and unless you're in great, and unless your dude beats that DB off the line like that, and sometimes it happens, other times your dude gets taken off his route like that. Like it's like he's trying to run an out route. He's trying to go. He's running. He's trying to run a vertical. Okay, you don't let him inside. You let him outside. Or some, or worse yet, it's the other way around. You 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 hit him on his on his right shoulder if he's on if he's on the right side of the football field. You're impressed. You jam him at the line of scrimmage. You hit him with your left sh- with your left uh, hand, disrupting his route at the top of his route. 
or you jam him with your right hand if he's on the left side of the football field, causing him to cut inside, and then he's like, oh, wait, I got I to gotta go outside back again because I'm trying to run a vertical. I'm trying to go over the numbers. So now I got to go up again. I gotta, But he's going to mirror shuffle with me, right? He's going to shuffle with me. He's going to go where I go. And now we've taken maybe a second or two of time trying to just go because he's pressed me. He's put me in press, and I can't move out because I'm a short guy. I'm a freaking speed guy. I don't have that. I don't have that route technician. I only have speed. So when I'm putting press and I get jammed at the line of scrimmage and I try and go up the football field, I spend time developing my route. And because I spend time developing the route, Carson Wentz gets put on his butt. It's not as simple as speed kills. You gotta. Oh, it's like Pandora's box. Nobody's gonna let let you come in and open that box off the jump. You gotta. You gotta work for it. You gotta go through Zeus. You gotta go through uh, Poseidon. You gotta go through Hephaestus. You gotta go through Hades. And on some cases, Kratos is defending the Pandora's box as well. If you know Greek mythology and the God of War video game series, great video game series. And even if you get through some of those dudes, even if you get through Zeus, even if you get through Hephaestus, there's a monster waiting for you. There's a monster waiting for you up top. That's that, that's that man that called that safety. He can still make a play on that football. And unless Carson Wentz has perfect accuracy throwing that deep ball, unless it's going to be like Patrick Mahomes, which I've only seen him do it on one Game and everybody they blow it, and especially the Eagles, they they tunnel vision on what they see, and everybody else does the exact same thing with Carson Wentz. Everybody, I'm I'm looking up Deshaun Jackson's numbers. Everybody does the exact same thing with Carson Wentz. They're like, well, oh my gosh, you know he's got to be he's got to be better, right? Because, uh, uh freaking, or he's got to be better with burners because of how great of a season he had with. With um with Deshaun Jackson, right? Oh my God, Deshaun Jackson! Oh my God, Deshaun Jackson! Deshaun Jackson! Deshaun Jackson! Deshaun Jackson! Let me pull up his game logs. Played in one game. He technically, I don't, I don't know if he played. Quote on, maybe he was hurt. I don't know. They have him listed that he played in three games. He only played in one game. Nine receptions. Nine targets, eight receptions, 154 yards, eight, uh, 88% completion percent, not 88% completion percentage, 88% catch catches, two touchdowns. Ladies and gentlemen, that was a regular season opener. An opener. Teams aren't prepared. Teams aren't in shape. This isn't midseason. He did it in one game. And they're like, oh my God. We got ourselves a quarterback. We're going to extrapolate it. We're going to blow it up to something bigger than it actually is. And we're going to just draft. We're going to get burners. We're going to get speed guys. We're just going to do that, right? Wide receiver, it does not work like this. You can't just have a bunch of burners and speed guys. You got to have controllable speed getting in and out of your breaks. You got to make sure... That your dudes understand that. And right now, it seems like the Philadelphia Eagles, they're just like, well, damn it, we gotta, we gotta freaking, we gotta do the thing that, that, that gave us some success against Washington when Washington almost gutted us. They almost beat us 
in our home stadium. And on top of that, we're not even adding the context of, well, it was a season opener. We're not going to add that in because that would that would that would disrupt the pattern. That would disrupt the uh the the analysis. What we got to do is we got to say, well, Carson Wentz did it anytime. He can do it anytime. Cuz defenses they won't just put a dude in zone and then just give you like a couple yards cushion or put you in press and disrupt your route or just blitz, right? Put dudes in zone, blitz. Maybe not like cover zero, but have some guys on the back end, blitz with some linebackers, put a dude in zone, have it harder for Carson Wentz to just be like, oh, okay, I'll just bink, just take the top off the defense. You think that's going to happen next year? You think that Jalen Rager and Deshaun Jackson are just going to start running track meets and Kez Watkins and John Hightower, they're just going to be up and down the football field. Up and down. Took me a lot longer than I wanted to, but thought I would go in depth to explain how Philadelphia just royally screwed up the draft here. I know that it kind of got very, very sidetracked here, but sometimes that happens on 24th podcast. <clears throat> but, um, the lowest grade I could give to Philadelphia. A Z. A triple Z L double 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 F minus for the Philadelphia Eagles. They just failed horrendously. Jalen Jalen Hurts, then Jalen Rager, and then that philosophy of just a bunch of speed guys, not any route technicians or good hands. I get it. They can make plays when you can unlock their speed. But guess what? A quarterback is not going to throw 60, 70 yards every single game. A wide receiver is not going to be able to open up at 4.2 whatever you want, 4.3, 40 every single game. It's going to be rare moments where he's going to be able to really open up, open up that gate, rev up that engine, go fast in the league. And usually... It's only going to be on gimmicky Hail Mary plays. The only guy that can really open it up and get great separation consistently is Tyreek Hill. Even he had a down year this year. 860-something yards. Made plays in the playoffs. Man. You want to, like, you think you're in the next Kansas City? You think you're the next Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes is special. The thing is, People have bought into how special they think Carson Wentz is because they think he's so special, and he's not. He's not as special as Patrick Mahomes. He's not even the second best quarterback in his. He's not. He is not the best quarterback in his division right now. He's second best. Like, <sighs> man, no oh, doggy. Final topic I'll talk about today because it's already two two and a half hour podcast. I was like, I don't, I, I don't know how long this podcast is going to be. I don't know if it's going to be an hour. I don't know if it's. Turns out it's going to be almost three hours. I'll try and get through this as quickly as I possibly can. As I take a swig, getting low on half and half. Getting low on water. I got to go to the store soon. 
<clears throat> so, here we go. <clears throat> Dallas got the absolute most value out of their draft. They um they pretty much with one pick pretty much just turned their offense into one of the most unstoppable forces the NFL will probably see in a really really long time. Um, 3,000 yard wide receivers, multiple touchdowns for each of these guys, uh, deep threats from all of them. Michael Gallup, a, a technician, a route runner, has turned into a deep route, a deep ball, 50-50 guy. He can he can still catch balls uh, from running routes, but he can go up and get it. Same thing goes with Amari. He can just freaking take the top off of defenses without even being a speedster, and he can run Chris Browse as well. Same thing goes with C.D. Lamb. He can be a 50-50 ball guy, or he can slice and dice you because he has great run-after-the-catch uh, capability. He has yards after catch. I should have just said, yeah, yards after the catch capabilities or yak, as it is commonly referred to. CeeDee Lamb was 1,000% the steal of the draft. And every single person and their mother say, well, Dallas Cowboys, they didn't need a wide receiver. Dallas didn't need a wide receiver. They didn't have a number three wide receiver. So, yes, they needed a wide receiver. 1,000%. They needed a wide receiver. And they got one. And they got the best one in the draft. And then Trevon Diggs, Stefan Diggs, his younger brother, a ball hawk who Dallas has desperately needed. They got him out of Alabama. And guess what Dallas will be able to do in the next couple of years? Actually get freaking turnovers. They'll be able to do that. And with that, the high-powered offense will be able to score yet again. Then you have Neville Gallimore, a second-rounder who was dra- a potential first-rounder, if you want my honest opinion about it. He was drafted in the third round. I saw some Oklahoma versus Texas today. It was ironic. It was like the three guys that pretty much should have been drafted in the first round, CeeDee Lamb, Neville Gallimore, and Kenneth Murray were in, you know, uh, like Jalen Hurts, he didn't necessarily have a great first couple of uh, series. But those three guys, they were stopping Texas or they were running through Texas. It was fun to watch. I watched like an hour plus of it. I was like, I got to actually do some other stuff. Neville Gallimore on that first series, I think he got a sack on Sam Ellinger, and he just beat the freaking center. He put a spin move on him. He said, adios, I'll see you later. Then he said, let me hit your quarterback. Thank you very much. Three and out, first series for Sam Ellinger. And then Jalen Hurts had two turnovers. I was like, wow, this is not going well for him. Got three guys. Reggie Robinson, the second corner out of Tulsa. You can use him either at um, either as a safety or as a corner. Again, another ball hawk who could either start for you next year potentially, or check this out, start for you at corner, or he could be a safety for you, and he could be a ball hawk. Replacing Jeff Heath wasn't that bad, if I'm honest with you. By the way, interesting <coughs> interesting note. The, uh, the needs analysis for the Dallas Cowboys corner linebacker, that doesn't make any sense. Offensive line, that doesn't make any sense. Tight end, that doesn't make any sense. And wide receiver, that makes sense. 
Veteran departures. This is from the NFL Network.com or the NFL.com. Uh, veteran departures have left some significant holes to fill for Jerry. For Jerry Jones, Robert Quinn's gone, creating the most pressing of Dallas's needs. An edge defender. Then why why wouldn't you have edge rusher as your top needs for the Dallas Cowboys? All right, an edge defender opposite Demarcus Lawrence, Byron Jones cast in, and the O line took a hit with the retirement of Travis Frederick. But they still have three Pro Bowlers on their offensive line. I mean, I know they need a center, but they have Connor McGovern, who can come in and be the center. They have Joe Looney, who's probably going to be the center. And then they just drafted Joey Badass, Bayadass. I, I, I listened to Vosh Lombardi. He's like, just call him Joey Badass. Anyways, the Cowboys are far from barren at corner or center. What? Then why would you see say that they need an offensive lineman when... Travis Frederick just retired. Cowboys are far from Baron at corner or center. Then why would you also mention that they that Byron Jones cashed in? Okay. The Cowboys okay, again, Cowboys are far from Baron at corner or center. But they could use reinforcements. Who writes this stuff? <laughs> Mike McCarthy should uh, could be shopping for a new slot target as well with Randall Cobb uh, Cobb's exit. That was the best non art non non informational article like who do you think is reading this stuff i'm like like and then and then the top needs it's like nope we like we're not going to say edge or interior guy we're going to say linebacker offensive lineman tight end and then wide receiver and they don't even give a reason for why the Dallas Cowboys need a tight end why do the Dallas Cowboys need a tight end when they already have two and they just got another one in free agency Jesus Christ. Where's I'm I'm trying to find a, somewhere to put my notebook. Anyways. Continuing forward. After they got Reggie Robinson, they got the center out of Wisconsin. Wisconsin is the offensive line lineman for, uh, factory. Bradley and I in the fifth round out of Utah. That's great value right there. Uh, and then they got a quarterback. I don't care. I don't care. I wish they got it. Excuse me, Anthony Gordon, but they got I can't even say his last name, Ben Denucci, out of James Madison. It seems like a person, more like a college. I was like, is his name James Madison or? Oh, that's that's where he went to college. Okay, okay. But with Reggie Robinson, Neville Gallimore, and Trevon Diggs. They've addressed some of their core issues with um, at defense. And with the addition of CeeDee Lamb, they've essentially taken all the focus off of Ezekiel Elliott and putting it on and put it, excuse me, on the wide receiving core. So now it's like, well, how do you stop three guys and a dude that just almost had a 5,000 yard season, 30 touchdowns, by the way, probably could have had more of his wide receivers didn't drop so many doggone passes. Also probably wouldn't have had so many tu- not touchdowns, interceptions if his guys hadn't dropped so many doggone passes as well. Because what a surprise when you, your ball, when the ball gets perfectly thrown at your hands and the ball bounces in the air because it gets deflected on your hands. Guess what? Guess what? It sometimes bounces right into the defender's hands. It's me popping my fingers. Long story short. 
Dallas pretty much just got one of the um the best and most unguardable group of wide receivers that the NFL has right now. Got one of the best offenses in the league. You don't need to be one number one in everything. You just need to be great. You need to be like top ten offense, defense, maybe even special teams. You're gonna get some guys here. And you got some guys here if you're Dallas. But right now, if you told me who's gonna win the NFC East, oh yeah, it's Dallas. Eagles are gonna get the shit beat out of them next year. I'm not really worried about them at all. It's Dallas. Who is it? Who are the Eagles going to get beat up on? Dallas. <laughs> Washington. And their opponents that they got to face in, in the first place schedule. Uh, Green Bay. They're going to they're gonna beat them. Even without freaking the guys that they should have gotten for Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers will be able to pull one up and out. So will the Saints. So will Dallas, obviously. And also, they got to play up against the hardest division this year. They got to go up against the 49ers. They got to go up against the uh, the Rams. They got to go up against the Seahawks. They got to go up against the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals could beat the, the Eagles this year. I think the Cardinals could beat Dallas this year. That's how good I think the Cardinals can be this year. But you don't think Mike McCarthy, with a firm grasp on that division, won't be able to beat up on some of the dudes that we got to see in the AFC, in the AFC, not the AFC, the NFC North. You don't think he's he's got a game plan to go up against Seattle? Hmm. Okay. Dallas obviously won this draft for me. Their offense just went from being great to being pretty much unstoppable if health with their quarterback and wide receivers and even running back, uh, knock on wood. But if everything, you know, maybe not necessarily goes according to plan, but if everyone can play and stay relatively healthy for the rest of the season, um, Dallas shouldn't have any problem taking over this division and being easily uh, the number one seed for this division. The the only thing that I got to ask Dallas is, are you going to compete for the number one seed? Because that kind of matters now. It definitely matters. Being that team that gets that one week of rest, because now it, it doesn't just, it, it's not just good enough to be the number two. It, you got to be the number one as well. You ain't the number one. It's going to be very, very hard for you to do anything this offseason. Or not this offseason, but this postseason. So, that's kind of what I have for you today. Dallas Cowboys, obviously, winners of the draft. I was fully prepared to change my mind about this, but I'm like, no. When you pretty much become the best offense in the league, pretty sure that says, eh, they won. Where is my final song? I had... Where is it? I had my outro song. God damn it. I had it booted up. Now it's gone. I gotta pull it up like this. I gotta freaking do this. I gotta go over here. Gotta do this. Bang. Jesus Christ. Like this. Boom. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. 
I thought I would. St- I thought I started off this podcast pretty early. I thought I was going to be done at ten. Looks like I freaking almost podcast for three hours. So guess what? I'm going to be done at eleven. Ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to talk about Cyberpunk 2077. I got this leaked gameplay on my computer right now. I'm, I've been trying to download it just in case if they take it off because I've been trying to freaking watch it for almost over a year. Ladies and gentlemen, until my next podcast, I hope you have a fantastic day, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.